0: Well, welcome to the Terridor. Well, welcome to the Terridor.
1: What's good, y'all? Hope everybody's all right. Welcome back to the Onyx Report. Y'all know what it is. Hope everybody is chilling. Uh, been a little minute, it feels like. But it looks like things are going well. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I got like a week before school starts back up. So I'm getting my head back in the game. So I might. Uh, you know, if I if I'm not doing as many videos, that would be why. I still gotta tweak uh, some syllabi and whatnot. So uh, it is what it is. But um, nevertheless, hoping everybody is enjoying themselves. Life is going well. I see a few people already in the chat and today. We are broadcasting across uh, multiple platforms yet again. We are on innerlightradio.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. And of course, we are on YouTube. Uh, so I see RM in the chat. Drewski, what's up? Barry, Adam, what's going on, fellas? Mr. Donnie Mac, You know, see Brother Damon, Brother D, what's going on? Hope everybody is well. Hit the like button as you come in. And again, welcome to the Onyx Report, where black male justice advocates uplift black men and boys Using critical analysis. What's up, Marcus? Good to see you in here, man. Intrinsic. What's up, Mr. Good Dad? What's happening? Yeah, we're doing it today. We're trying to get it in. It's been a very interesting week. Uh, all kinds of information, but uh, got a few things to kind of cover with you before we dive into uh, the main subject. What's up, Joe? Um, oh, so they weren't sending out notifications, yeah man I've started to have to I've had to post uh my show in my own community tab uh because I noticed YouTube stopped sending out you know little notifications, so yeah, I can't call it what's good Malika good to see you, man uh hopefully uh you'll get on a little bit later so anyway so yeah we we we're getting it together um it's just a week before everything else jumps off, so uh. going to be a little different but anyway as we continue on i wanted to get a few things just on the table um what's up ron all right okay so we're good yeah so go ahead and start by let me start by saying support the channel like share subscribe join and donate if you would you can do so right here on youtube through the super chat can do so through patreon.com th johnson you can do cash app you can do paypal venmo all the information is on the screen for those on Interlight radio uh you can do cash.app slash dollar sign dr t hassan j or uh, you can do paypal you can go paypal.me slash t hassan j and hassan has one s uh, but support the show so we can keep it going right and if you go to youtube just right near the join button below the video. You see the subscribe button. Make sure you hit both of those and you can choose what level of membership you might want to participate in. Or you can go to patreon.com and be a, a supporter of the show, a monthly supporter, or you can support the Institute for Black Male Studies uh, and become a monthly supporter well,
2: welcome there.
1: To the What's up, uh, DJ Drame? Drame, I think it is. Good to have you. Uh, welcome to the Brotherhood Leonix Report. Uh, so, yeah please make sure you support. And in the meantime, let me go ahead and shout out my subscribers. So let me acknowledge them and thank them for their support. thanks again to my supporters my subscribers across uh, different platforms thank you for supporting the show and I implore you if you're not doing so uh, please consider doing so and if you if you can't do that at least hit the like button if you will uh, so we can continue to grow all right all right let me jump in y'all know that we celebrate black men over here one of the first things that uh, we do usually, is our Sacred Black Masculine Series. So, that said, uh, let me start out by going into today's uh, celebratory brother. Right. Many of you are familiar. This is Andre Drummond of the NBA. This is coming from a TMZ.com article that's, uh, entitled, uh, NBA's Andre Drummond Heroically Saves Son from Drowning After Falling into Pool. All right says uh, Drummond just saved his son's life with the Philadelphia uh, 76ers Center springing into action after the child accidentally fell into a pool. And the footage is terrifying. 28-year-old just posted surveillance video of the incident with family members hanging together around the pool at his home when his two-year-old son, Dion, tripped into the water. Uh, I remember I did that same mess when I was about that age, too. Um The 6'10", 280-pound baller, completely clothed from head to toe, dove right into the water without hesitation, scooped Dion out of the water and with the other family members coming to to assist. Um, Drummond then carries his son, who was born uh, February 21st, 2019, over to another person who lifts him out of the water uh, to safety. Um, And yeah, that's what's up. Drummond made it clear to note no one was injured in the incident, but the footage is still just as scary. Shout out to Drummond for the heads up play. This is the most important highlight of his career. Um, if it's, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Javon. appreciate the uh, support. Appreciate the cash app. What's up, Dr. Rasheed? Good to see you, man. Uh, DJ, right? Appreciate that. Um, hope you guys are well. Um, and again, shout out to Javon for the cash app. Yeah, so this brother, you know, just saved his son. And um, we know it—it it can be in black families one of those dynamics where if people can't swim, um, it can be a bit of a difficult thing to get a child who's fallen deep into the deep side of the pool at that uh, in time. So shout out to this brother for doing what he does, right? And this is what uh, brothers do. You know, it is what it is. Um, I just thought to, to acknowledge that, right? All right, uh, what's up, MLR? Good to see you. All right. Right. So let's go ahead and move on to our special shout outs.
0: All right.
1: And this one goes to Morris Brown. All right. If you haven't heard, this is a piece you can find uh, that came out, I uh, would say about three days ago uh, on insight into com. It's entitled after 20 years, Morris Brown college regains accreditation. All right. Um, so you know what I mean? Good to have Morris Brown back in the back in action. Morris Brown College, a 140 year old private historically black institution in Atlanta received accreditation by by the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools this week after having it revoked 20 years ago. In 2002, uh, the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools withdrew NBC's accreditation due to financial debt. A few years after the college lost accreditation, former NBC president Dolores Cross, who served in the role from 98 to 2002, pled guilty to embezzling millions of dollars in federal funds that were intended for student tuition. The fallout from Cross's mismanagement and the school's lack of accreditation led to NBC students not receiving federal loans and a steep drop in enrollment over the years. The school reportedly went from a peak of 2,700 to less than 50 students. In 2019, damn, Um, through the fundraising efforts and new uh, through fundraising efforts and new leadership, NBC has slowly been restoring its former reputation. Founded in 1881, NBC was known for being Georgia's first educational institution to be owned, operated and patronized by African-Americans. We intend on making history as the first HBCU uh, to regain its status after a 20-year hiatus, and the first HBCU to have flat to have a flagged hotel on its campus for a hospitality education program. NBC President Kevin James told Fox 5 Atlanta. Most recently, NBC. Uh, became the first and only HBCU to have a major hotel and hospitality management training program on its campus when it partnered with Hilton and CGI Merchant Group in February. These achievements have sparked other closed uh, HBCUs to try again. Without the resilience, support, and prayers from the Board of Trustees, African Methodist Episcopal Church, faculty, staff, alumni, and the community, we would not be here, James said. We have uh, so many amazing projects coming up in the pipeline. That will prepare our students for academic success and jobs. So um, for those of you who are interested, uh, Brown is back in action. Uh, I hadn't even remembered about the embezzlement. So that's interesting. But uh, at least it's back on. Yeah, that's deep. That is deep. President embezzling uh, millions. Wow. Damn. Damn. Anyway, uh, so shout out to Morris Brown. Uh, like I said, anybody interested in going, it is back in action. 105 watching, uh, just bumped up to 109. Again, like, share, subscribe, join, and donate. Support the channel um, however you can. All right. um, what's up, K-Ron? What's up, Shonda? Good to see you in here. All right. Let's see. Brother Barry said you won't hear that on fox soul (laughs) what's up mike d joe from dc what's going on yeah it was apparently a black female president uh who was running morris brown um back a while ago uh president dolores cross she was president for about four years from 98 to 2002 um and she pled guilty to embezzling millions i'd be curious to know um how much time she did if she did um I didn't actually remember that. So that's deep. That is deep. Anyway, so let's bump ahead a little bit. Let's jump to our little public service announcement. Got a couple. The first one. This one has to do with a report that came out on the Was- Washington, post.com entitled Census Data Shows Widen- Widening Diversity. Number of white people falls for the first time. Right? This came out uh, about six days ago, a little less than a week, and it reads the first race and ethnicity breakdowns from the 2020 census released Thursday show a more diverse population than ever in the nation's history. The report marks the first time the absolute number of people who identify as white alone has shrunk since the census started uh, being taken in 1790. The number of people identifying as non-Hispanic white and no other race dropped by 5.1 million people to 191.7 million, a decrease of 2.6%. The country also passed two more milestones on its way to becoming a a majority-minority society in the coming decades. For the first time, the portion of white people dipped below 60%, slipping from 63.7% in 2010 to 57.8% in 2020. And the under 18 population is now majority people of color at 52.7%. The new data uh, shows how the ethnic, racial and voting age makeup of neighborhoods shifted over the past decades based on uh, the national house to house canvas last year. It is the data most state legislatures and local governments use to redraw political districts for the next decade. Now, there's more to it. You know, but I just wanted to kind of alert you to it. You can definitely go to WashingtonPost.com. Appreciate that support, DJ. Um, thank you. I'm glad you look forward to uh, the Onyx Report. It's much appreciated. Um, but yeah, so I thought this might be an interesting piece for some of us to reflect upon the first time uh, in history uh, since at least 1790 with the uh, census being used that we have a significant dip in uh, White population. Interesting. Um, So what's up, Taylor? What's up, Prince Johnny? Hope everybody's well. Yeah. So ponder that and uh, keep in mind the things that we see happening in the news, some of which uh, may be motivated by uh, this dwindling kind of number. Right. So something to consider um, altogether. Let's see. All right. Okay, well, this is the next one. Um, this one. How do I do this? This is uh This one is really. Joe from DC, good to have you in here. I uh, saw you a second ago. Thanks for the donation. Thanks for the support. Um, but yeah, this is this is a this is an interesting one. Basically, this is more of a public service announcement in regard to, um. Uh, a consistent string of unraveling behavior. I don't know how else to really put that, but I will start by giving you a short video that you can uh, take a look at it yourself. Okay, so um, let me see. Let me get the sound in here, and you can check it out first. So this is uh, this is an incident that took place at Chipotle. Uh, doesn't give the city. But I will definitely give you an indication of where I'm going with this. So check this out.
2: That's just ignorant. That's just showing how ignorant you are. You came here, you messed up my order, you messed up my order, and then I come and I complain, and you just get ignorant and start clapping your hands. I was waiting here 20 minutes, and you should have came out here and said something when I was here 20 minutes ago waiting for my order. All right, this going right on Facebook, on Chipotle now he's running into people this is crazy this is crazy because my order was supposed to be ready at 11 40 and I'm just picking it up right now and yeah keep going keep going I'm going to sit here and eat my fucking food and let you fuss and cuss this one going right on Facebook is she the manager is she the manager bruh bruh is she the manager is she the manager I am the manager I you can call now i'm calling the police that's exactly what i'm calling now now i'm calling the police thank you thank you call call right now No, I got you. I got you. We're gonna wait for the police to get here. She just assaulted me. I didn't say you did. I didn't say you did. She assaulted me and y'all saw her. I know no, bro. You did by accident. It wasn't on you, alright? You professional. You being professional. But she's out of order. Right? So we're gonna go to the police and they're gonna watch this video and she gonna get her ass locked up.
1: Yeah. So Basically, that was a manager at a Chipotle, Chipotle, and she apparently threw a pair of scissors at a frustrated customer. Um, That's straight up assault in that regard. That's just one. Um, Let me go to another. Right there, we go. So this one is actually in Ohio, right? And you can find this on Opera News. app.com let me see here I'm trying to open this up uh, this was posted two days ago it's entitled ohio woman cut off in traffic pulled from car
0: beaten.
1: appreciate that support uh damon good to have you um, thanks for the support all right so it says ohio woman cut off in traffic pulled from car beaten with hammer in front of her twins um, right So the woman is in the Mahoning County jail after reports said she cut a woman off in traffic Saturday, dragged her from her car and beat her with a hammer in front of her children, then later bragged about it on Facebook. Jamela Chapman, 27, was booked into the jail on a charge of aggravated robbery. Um, Let's see. Chapman was arrested after police were called about 12.50 p.m. Saturday to Cameron and Gibson Avenues for a report of a woman being beaten with a hammer. When officers arrived, reports said the victim told officers she was driving on Gibson Avenue when a vehicle driven by Chapman cut her off and forced her to stop. Chapman then allegedly got out of her vehicle, ran to the victim's vehicle, pulled her out, and began beating her with her fists and a hammer. Uh, The woman told police she had had her five-year-old twins in the car. Female passenger in Chapman's car went to the back of the victim's car and tried to take the children out. The women later told police she was trying to get the children out of harm's way. Chapman took the victim's keys before leaving. Reports said when officers were on the scene, they learned Chapman made a Facebook Live video bragging she took the victim's keys. A woman uh, who was nearby and checking on the victim showed police Chapman's Facebook page where she made a video threatening the victim. Reports said officers found out where Chapman lives and arrested her at her home. They found a hammer there, but no keys. The woman had cuts on her arm and her scalp, but declined medical attention.
3: All right.
1: Yeah. So that's that's number two. Right. That's number two. Now these are are hold on. Uh, completely at random. Oh, okay. I didn't prep the third one. That's strange. All right. My bad. Anyway. So the reason I was covering these is because I think one of the things we're starting to see more of right now is um, an unraveling. I think the stress of the current moment, the COVID economy, the eviction moratoriums, the employment issues, all of these things, I think, and I've been saying this since last year, you guys know I've been reporting on a regular basis, that I think this stuff is coming to a bit of a head, and I think it's continuing to uh, unravel. So here you have two different instances. um, And the reason I'm focusing in this regard on Black women is this is not generally a population that you really see um, dealing with the repercussion of their actions, legally speaking, the way we often have to. I think the third one I was going to post was a recent airline uh, uh, explosion on an airline terminal, but Uh, I didn't I didn't prompt the video, so I apologize. But the point I'm getting at is this is just reaching uh, epic proportions in some respects. And at the end of the day, um, you'll often find that these women will do a very short period of time. I've been telling you guys this since last year, uh, whether it has to do with shooting husbands, attacking boyfriends or outright uh, getting into fights at airlines or fast food restaurants. But I think this is a reflection of the kind of stress that the environment is kind of yielding at the moment. And of course, it's having an impact on children, right? We're seeing um, that uh, many of them are dealing with this. So whether it has to do with women dropping their kids at gas stations, uh, and sadly enough, in some situations, killing their children. I talked about this last week. We're starting to see this kind of thing on a regular basis, right? I'm not arguing that this is new and it's never happened before, but I do think we are seeing a bit of an uptick. I don't have a way to verify that as of yet. Um, but I have seen a steady stream of these um, in regard to that. So yeah, that's why my last video, I think last week, my last live was called Winter is Here, because I completely agree with that assessment. And I think this is a, a kind of, a, you know, a dismantling or a, an unraveling that is very much tied to stress. I very much believe that. Um, so, you know, I'm not not critiquing them one way or the other, other than to say, um, you know, be careful. There there was an, um, nah, I'm not going to post that. Anyway. So, so y'all just kind of be a, keep abreast of uh, the extent to which that stress is coming about and how it may affect you. And again, I think this is also tied to, um, you know, single mothers grappling with uh, being single parents. You know what I mean? Uh, One income, uh, even with child support or whatnot, I think the stress of that reality is coming to bear. Right? Now, for many black men, we've seen this independence for the last couple of decades, really going back the last four, uh, where we were told that uh, we weren't needed in many respects. But a lot of that had to do with the type of support that uh, many women were able to get from the state. And, you know, the problem with that, though, is when the state begins to shake, uh, when the dependability on it becomes, you know, begins to waver. um, This is what we see. So that being said, especially since tonight, I'm going to be talking a lot to single black men. um, I want you to be mindful of the nature of the economic environment we're in and what can happen when people are stressed, when people are afraid and people are worried about what's going to come next, and the resources that they've been able to rely on in the past are no longer as dependable as they once were. Uh, In some respects, you may become a target. It may be sincere. In some respects, it may be insincere. Um, But at the same time, it can also go left. You can also deal with people that uh, are so desperate that they're willing to um, violate people to sustain themselves. And, you know, we're moving into a time period where that is becoming more and more likely. Even a couple of years ago, I was hearing reports here in Fresno uh, about people who were men in particular who were being set up on dating apps. We've heard about that happening across the country. Last year, I reported on a couple of incidents of that. But I think there have been a lot more that just don't always make the news. Um, But at the end of the day, these are the kind of things that, you know, we we got to be careful about when people become uh, vulnerable and what they can do in response to that vulnerability. Uh, so make sure that you are mindful of your environment um, and what can happen when people get desperate. Right? So Before we get into the main topic, please make sure you support the Institute for Black Male Studies.com. Uh, you can go there and check out the anything from the merchandise to the uh, videos, uh, webinars, and courses that are available on the site, um, so please make sure you support that. We can keep that going and expand and build on it, uh, so um, yeah, please make sure you do that. I'm going to jump right in because um, I got a lot going on. I still got a lot of preparation to do uh, for the next few days uh, in, in regard to the coming upcoming semester, but I wanted to kind of take some time to deal with this. So today's video, as you all know, is entitled Black Male Value, Why Should We Care? What does that mean? Well, basically, my last daily video that I put up, I I focused on a new website that's out. And that website is designed uh, by a man uh, using uh, data from a couple of different, um, you know, relevant sources. And basically, what uh, the goal of the site is, um, hold on, the goal of the site is to let women actually know um, the value of the men they're looking at. So the site uses 2020 annual social and economic supplement um, uh, data, as well as the current population survey uh, conducted by the Census Bureau of the U.S. Right, uh, That is for income and marital status information um, and height and body mass index is derived from the 2017-2018 National Health and nutrition examination survey conducted by uh, the National Center for Health Statistics. Uh, the 2017-2018 data was used instead of the one from 2019-2020 due to the suspension of, oper- of survey operations in March 2020, no doubt due to the virus. Now, again, I have no idea if this is a, if this is a joke or if it is completely accurate. From what I gather, based on my familiarity with other stats. It seems to be reasonably close, but the site is again designed for women to use it to calculate the value, the rarity, um, uh, or the surplus, for that matter, of the of the man that they're interested in. And the way men can use this site is to go ahead and and put their own statistics in to see where they fit. Right. So um, hold on. Let me share that. A number of men actually did go ahead and do that because what I asked people to do um, is I asked them to go ahead and use it. this is called the female delusion calculator and it's the the URL is i got now I shared this because it had me on my ass laughing. It was hilarious and so even if it wasn't entirely accurate and I have no I have nothing that suggests that it isn't. I really don't. There's nothing that I've seen that's so egregious that it lets me know that this is a joke. However, even if it was, it is definitely good uh, for a laugh. It'll definitely uh, uplift your day uh, to check this out. So I urge you, you know, if you're if you're listening, go to your phones, your laptops, whatever, and check it out. Go to IGotStandardsBro.com. Now, what I want to do is I actually want to bring some brothers up to discuss what their results were. Right now, I ask people to do this. In the comments section of my last video, I want to share a couple of things that uh, some of the brothers shared there as far as uh, their results. Um, so um, let me see. So one brother wrote in, he said, according to this calculator, a woman has a 0.25% um, of, uh, of finding any man with my credentials, with a slightly better 2% if specifically seeking a black man. Right, um, so that's one. Uh, let's see. This is pretty small. Let me see here. According to the calculator, a woman has a point zero one one percent chance of getting with a brother like me. Right, that comes and These are completely random. These are just men that wrote in, um, and some of the type is really small, so I'm missing it. Uh, one brother said, "I'm in the top six percent of men, and I'm short." Imagine if I was also six feet tall. He said, I love this calculator. Right. Uh, let's see if I can get one more. One more. A brother says uh, for me, Dr. Johnson, I came in at 0.16 percent over all men, 1.3 percent of all black men. Right. So if you're not familiar, right, what the site does is it takes your age and the shortest you can do is a five, a five year age range Uh, So you can kind of approximate your age and you can decide. Remember, you got to kind of as you're putting this in, you got to think about this as a woman who's searching for your statistics. You know, does she want to look for a married man or does she want to exclude married men? So you make that decision. Uh, You put in your race, you put in your height and you can exclude obese men or you can leave them included and you put in your income. And based on these six measures, right, age, marriage, race, height and income, It determines your uh, rarity or, again, whether or not you are prevalent. Uh, So that being said, there were some interesting results, and brothers were kind enough to share them. But what I did in the last video was I also included a couple other measures. So, again, what is my standard? Well, in the 80s, the period I grew up as a young man going into my teen years, what we started to hear at that time from women is that you needed to be over six feet tall? You needed to have a six, uh, in, six, in, uh, figure income. You needed to have a car. You needed to have your own place. You Needed to have six-pack abs. You needed to be able to. You know, these were all the kind of standards that we heard. One of the underlying subtext to this was that if you achieve those things out in the world, we'll finally respect you. Well, 20 years later, many men found out that even when you accomplish those things, it doesn't necessarily lead to a change in behavior. But still. One of the things I think this calculator highlights is how rare many brothers are. And I would I would actually contend that the, the brothers that come on to uh, YouTube, particularly on my page, are probably rarer than they think they are. All right. Um, so what I'm going to do. Let me see. We got. Uh, <laughs> so some Noose Ray uh, might be mis- mispronouncing that says. Black, six foot six, 33 to 38, any weight, 35,000. And the chances are literally 0.0000, <laughs> you know, it, 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 and, and I think people would be surprised to know how delicate some of these categories that we've learned to take for granted actually are. I said this in the video, my son is 16 and he rated at a 0.0000, meaning if a woman was looking for my son, he's virtually a unicorn. And the reason for that is he's six foot seven. See, people don't realize how much each one of these questions posed, um, are how powerful they actually are in terms of income. You know, it's generally in their 40s and up that you start to see men starting to achieve. So that becomes a factor. If you're younger, your income is going to tend to be lower more often than not. Right. Uh, Race, we already know, especially the way we talk about uh, black folk in particular, we, we tend to lack inherited wealth. So those kind of things tend to have a large impact on uh, especially on men, uh, particularly in regard to entrepreneurship and whatnot. So it tends to be uh, a serious hurdle. You know, race definitely stratifies wealth and wealth access height. Now, this is a huge one, believe it or not. Right. We know there's only 14 percent of the male population that's taller than six feet. but By the time you get to six foot two, there's only about four percent that are taller than six, uh, six foot two. Right. So you can imagine what six, six and seven feet, those are, you know, those are unicorns in and of itself. So if that is important to a woman, it is what it is. And in income, one of the things I pointed out was that if you're talking about six figures, only about four percent of black America is over six figures. And this is particularly interesting because even in my classes over the last 10 years, I've I've come I've repeatedly heard young men tell me how they are expected to make six figures at 17 and 18 years old, sitting in their freshman and sophomore classes, right? Expected to make six figures at that age. You know, much of the time, especially if you're coming out, coming out of a lack of inherited wealth, black men don't achieve that kind of thing until much later, if they ever do. I mean, but we know the median income, I think is about 41,000. So those are really the more realistic numbers. And yet, You know, I think the expectations are so extremely out there that many of us uh, have been misled to believe how common these all are. Now, the website did not say uh, if it gave any more credence to one standard over another, but if we assume, and I just put the link in the chat so anybody who wants to can come up, if we assume that it gave equal weight to all six of these categories, right, each one can throw you off. So again, my son just started his first job. I don't even think he's gotten his first paycheck yet. And he's a 0.0000. So that suggests that they gave height equal weight with income. All of that depends on what a person is attracted to. But these are the things we were told. And I want brothers to actually put in their information so that they can actually begin to assess where they fit. Right, Mr. Donnie Mack uh, says, I'm 0.015% of men in my demographic, 0.12% of all black men. Interesting. Uh, Tim Howard says, 14% of people are six feet plus tall. Right, so anybody over six feet, that's about 14%. When you get to six foot two, you're, you're now you're already down to 4%, roughly around 3.9 to 5%, somewhere in that range. Right, so it drops off dramatically. So this kind of you know, everybody needs to be over six feet. Everybody needs to be over six two. I want a I want a man that's six, four. You're already talking about a fraction of a fraction and it's not even, we can add other categories, right? We can talk about property ownership. Hell, if anything, whether you're renting or owning, you know, how does that affect your percentage? You know, what about penis size? This is one of the things I talked about in the video, right? Penis size can affect all of that as well. There are a number of other categories that are thrown about when it comes to expectations of men that we don't think about. And many of us take for granted because we've heard it for so many years. You need to be this. You need to own this. You need to have this. We don't think about it. So if we take somebody like who's the last person I read, if we take Mr. Donnie Mac and he's .015 percent. Right. What if we add in the fact that he has his own car? The fact that he may own his own home, and if he has longer than a, a well, I think the average is the average man, based on a study done, I want to say in '96, of over 1,600 men, found that about five and a half inches is the average penis size. What if he has one that's over seven inches, or eight, or nine? What does that do to that 0.015? See, I think at the end of the day, there are many of us that we're never told we had value. We were never given a standard. And one of the things the Manosphere did when it introduced the concept and popularized the concept of um, SMV is it set a standard that we were never given before. What's up, T-Fitness? One day, we're out. Appreciate the support, right? We were never given a standard. So that said, when we finally have one to operate by, what does it do? What's up, Malika? Peace good brother. How you doing? I'm good, man. How about yourself?
4: I'm great. I'm great. It's always great to talk with the sorcerer supreme of the black man's right, Here you go.
1: <laughs> good to have you in here, man. I'm uh I'm gonna post the link again. I'm gonna invite a number of you to come on up. And I want to just kind of talk about your results and, and see what kind of reflections you have from this. So uh you care to share with us what you came to what you came to?
4: I got two point five percent okay and what they said i'm 20.1 percent of black men within my age range demographic okay and i'm like all right because i'm 50 mm. i'm 5 8 okay and i average around 50 to 55 k which is kind of the average of the average black man they make okay um but it was kind it was kind of, was hold kind on, of funny.
1: Hold on. I'm you sorry, said the average what?
4: What was what was the average
1: that, in, income?
4: I think that's what they're saying, the average income of the average black man. You know, no, I, didn't, no, I, didn't, I
1: didn't hear what you put in. What did you put in? I put in fifty. Fifty. All right. Uh let's look at something real quick. Before you before you explain, I want you to I want you to see this. Uh oh man, let me hit the right button. Let's try that first. All right, so you guys know I'm notorious for using this Wall Street Journal what mm-hmm. percent of you what, what percent are you site? And it's a good measure. It's very much like the calculator, female delusion calculator. So at 50,000, right? Mm-hmm. You are a 27%er, meaning you earn more than 73% of most Americans, right? Mm-hmm. But if we scroll down, we can also control for sex, race, generation and education. Notice I said female delusion calculator didn't control for education Uh if we just took black if we just took your race you make more than 82 percent of black america you earn more than 82 percent of black america um we we put in male right you're 79 percent of you know what i mean so that's how this works you know, and this, so you can kind of use this to compensate for what the calculator doesn't tell us, but it gives you a good indication of where you are. And then you can calculate it against generation or whatnot. So just, I just wanted to kind of frame for a moment, you know, where you fit. If we just talk about Black America, mm-hmm. you're an 18 percenter. So I just wanted to put that in a little context, but continue, please.
4: And it was when you, um, I think Monday, when you start talking about the, uh, I got standards bro. site and it was funny. I was working out. Right. And I thought it was something cool that somebody put out. But then when you start talking about like all the the crazy delusional mess, I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) And then you said it was something that women created. I said, Oh, I said, this is crazy. I said, so you're going to put out a calculator that's biased where a woman is going to arrange a certain type of man, which she wants to get on these limited sections of what it is to find a man. Well, it, 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 well it was a man that put the calculator together. Oh, a man put together.
1: Okay. Yeah, he put it together, and I think his goal uh, was to kind of show people how unrealistic many of these standards are.
4: Okay, I got you. I yeah. got you.
1: So he, but he, ma- he technically made it for women to kind of show them Um, And, you know, and I just found that this is a useful tool for men to kind of get a sense of where you stand. Okay. But but I even had married men who wrote in who
4: said I I showed this to my wife to let her know how lucky she is. Yeah. But then I found out like when it says you're two point two point five percent, I'm like, oh, snap. Mm -hmm. But then when you bring it out and here's what you said, I remember how you always said, black men we need to stop believing in that delusion that we're behind our women you said you even said the statistics still show that black men still make just as much as black women even blue collar Mm -hmm. where even blue collar is frowned upon Mm -hmm. um here's the funny thing i make less now and I have a degree, but when I was a police officer, I was making 7275K. Wow. Okay. And I didn't have a degree. Okay. But right. and, I, and I and I had to think about it. I said, hey, well, what percentage would I be if I was making the same amount of money? Yeah. You know, like because brother Charles, he's in a higher demographic. Mm-hmm. And also Charles is single, and Charles is 38 years old. Okay, And I'm thinking like, you know, black men, we're not, how can I say this? I got to say this. We're not men with the shitty, dirty end of the stick. This is what is being told to us. Mm -hmm. And if you're, no matter what it is, if you're educated, you're not educated, if you have a degree or not, but if you're working, you have a job. And and this is the funny thing, because like we're both Gen X's. And we were raised to say, look, get a job. Right. And the thing is, if you get a job, nowadays women are looking at you with a magnifying glass and going through things with a fine-tooth comb and always moving the goalposts. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have a doctor, but they're gonna say, Oh, but what is your doctorate from? You're like, I got a doctor. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember, like somebody, somebody even said, "Oh, cool, you got a you got a bachelor's degree." Well, when are you gonna go get your master's and go for your doctor? I'm like, slow down. <laughs> I said, and I said to somebody, I said, "You know, 20, 30 years ago, you was pushing for me to have a have a bachelor's degree, but now mm-hmm. you keep moving the goalposts." Mm-hmm. But if a black woman just gets an associate's, go ahead, girl. Oh, you got it. Go on, it's your world. But the thing is. And I'm realizing it's never enough for us. Right. And it will never be enough. And we have to realize, and I think just for men, I'm glad for platforms like yours, BGS, um, Dennis Sterling, Angry Man saying, stop, Mm -hmm. stop trying to measure up to something that is never going to measure up. Right. And it's good that we had this um, calculator that this gentleman put out that, look, this is the delusion. This is, this is. A delusion, and this is something that's stupid. That first of all, no man's going to measure up, and especially you as a black man, you're never going to measure up to this idea in the head. Black women don't even measure up to this idea that they have right. put out. Right. And I mean, you try to measure up to it 20, 30 years down the line, you're calling on Kevin Samuels and you're asking him, Why am I so unhappy and why can't I reach this level? Right. And Kevin Samuels is telling you because you believed in the lie.
0: Mm. Mm.
4: But no. I, Go ahead. and the funny thing since we're Gen Xers and Angry Man's been saying this all week we grew up and I used to believe into the lie too
0: mm-hmm. I
4: mm-hmm. used to believe into the lie that I had to measure up to this view, not just what black women view, but what the idea of what black America's supposed to be Mm. Or a black man in America, you're supposed to have this. If you're working, you have to work for this, but you're not working for yourself. You're working for a woman, you're working for a family, but you're working for this ideal of what black men are supposed to be. Right. And you're burning yourself out because you're not reaching it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, in many
1: instances, working ourselves to death, or that has been the legacy of black maleness. Uh, in this country, we work ourselves to death. But it used to be you did so to take care of your family. Now we're doing so to meet a standard. Yes. I mean, look, I I did the same thing. I was told that this is what you need to do. And I was told to, you know, get an education, get a high paying job. Look, let me tell you, when I was finishing my bachelor's, I didn't have any aspirations for graduate school. Mm-hmm. I was going to get a job at UPS because I heard mm-hmm. they were hiring. My mentor basically sent me to graduate school. He kicked me in the butt and said, no, you got to go do this. Mm -hmm. I don't regret any of it because this is what I know I'm supposed to do, right? What? Don't get it twisted. The guy I rented my house from before I bought it from him worked at UPS. He Look, the only reason he sold me the house is he had too many. So so this idea that going to school just yields a greater income, it's ridiculous. He's blue collar the whole day, and he only got rid of his houses. He got rid of a couple because he owned too much property against how much he made. And he was looking to buy another one. That's the only reason he sold it. So, you know, these standards and these ideas really have to be put into context. Now, I do want to say, as far as Black men are concerned, um, for those of us that are employed, at every age group, and this is something BGS and I, you know, talked about with the BLS data uh, a few months ago, right? At every age group, we make more than our women. The only reason that's relevant is because we've been told for the longest that that's not the case, right? We've been told that we're, you know, we're behind. And we're, now, it is the case to the extent when, when you control for uh, incarceration, you know, uh, that black men are the only group that earn less than their women. That is true when you control for incarceration. When you just focus on those men that are employed, they earn more. Uh, Can I more- speak going
4: to that, brother? No, go ahead. That's where I had to decrease in because I have a record. Okay. Okay. And I realized and somebody had to pull me aside. And they said, man, you have all the work history. You mm. even have a degree. Hmm. I said, said, the reason why they helped you, you got the job and you can do this. But I got, here's the funny thing. I got in on the job. Thankfully, I got in on the job during COVID, Mm -hmm. right after I graduated. In a field of graphic design, but it was an entry-level position. And one of my professors was a black man who was the same age as me. And he vouched for me, but he said, It's like 40, 50 K. I said, Man, I, I can I said it's a job, I can do it.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
4: said, he says entry level. But then I wind up talking to the supervisor, and he okay. said, You could have gotten it more. He said, We could have got you in at 85, but the problems that held us back was your was your record. And I said, I know, I know. I said, I'm just thankful mm-hmm. to have the job. Right. And other people are like, and here's the funny thing. I'm older than most of Well, I'm doing. I do majority work remote and you have conferences with people and it's just different loads and it's, it's entry-level stuff and it's cool. But people are saying, they think that if I have meetings, they think I'm one of the senior designers. I'm like, (laughs) no, no, I am they said, And because I'm older, but and it's just a reflection, like how you said it and BGS said it. A lot of times it's going to hold back if you're a black man who does have a record, mm-hmm. and if it's a felony, right. It's a lot of it's a lot of door closing in your face. Oh yeah. And also when yeah. they realize that oh you had work experience or you have degrees, and it's like damn, that's yeah. one of the hardships. That's one of the hardships that I could say for black men if you have. If you have a record, but also if you have work experience mm-hmm. and you have education,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and you know, and it's no problem that you can do this job, that's where the hardship comes from, and and that's where one thing that our lovely ladies don't understand about us, mm-hmm. and when they realize, well, can't you just do this and can't you do that? Okay, you get a job, but you are going to get a job that's beneath you, and I am not saying no job is beneath you, but I mean. If you get a job and you're working something and the problem is in a lot of men, you get into something, but you want more, but you get stuck Mm
3: -hmm.
0: in
4: the old mill of just working, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: which
4: happens to a lot of men, but especially black men. It gets to the point that you get stuck. And if you're involved in a relationship with a woman, sometimes you have a woman that you can never make her happy. She wants you to get a job. so you get a job. Mm-hmm. But the job is nowhere. And she says, Well, why can't you get something better? But then you tell her you're trying to. It's like Lorenz Tate's character from. Um, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Period Piece in the 60s, where he's the bank robber and he comes back from oh, Vietnam. Dead, dead president. Remember his girlfriend couldn't understand that he was going from PTSD mm-hmm. and black men coming back from Vietnam. Mm hmm. You couldn't get jobs but he had the job as the butcher and they cut. And he had they cut back on the job and this woman was on him and he was just telling him, you just don't know mm. and i remember seeing yeah. that yeah back when i was in his 20s and i could not started to understand and that was a part of the red pill awakening of not understanding the black man's plight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know this is where you know a black woman is bred and she's allowed to move through the system to be helped through the system, Mm -hmm. through all different programs. And even she can move through the system and get a job. And like Kevin Samuels said, the two biggest employers for black women is the government and retail. Yeah, And I'm going to tell you, man, government is one. Black women, and Charles can even explain this, You have nothing but black women who will go get a job to be a police officer. Because first of all, these are women that had children. These are women that are single and it's a steady stream of income and you have unlimited benefits. Mm -hmm. So yeah, black women have this belief like, well, if I can get it, you can get it. But you're like, no, you don't understand. We're dealing with a fixed deck. Exactly.
1: It's a very different reality for us. And it's not something you know the, the really the black women that I've seen that come to that understanding uh usually have sons. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 they've witnessed it with their sons as early as preschool in some situations. Those tend to be the women that tend to understand more often than not. But if they don't have sons or or young men that they've they've you know that are a part of their nest, often they'll just look at you blankly, like I don't I don't see what the problem is. And it can be an uphill road. I mean, even in terms of the stats, what we find is that black black college graduates are still worth less than white uh, whites without a high school diploma. You know what I mean, so when you factor in and, and, and then, you know, you also have to factor school loans into that dynamic. It can become a very difficult reality for even uh, many of us to wrap our heads around, especially when options have made been made available to certain demographics like women and girls over us. Uh, we got Jay Bones in here. Jay, can you hear us? Hello, Jay? Okay, I think he's saying he has some, uh, some problems with his connection. Okay. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll tell you what, Jay, um, uh, message me in the back chat if you're able to, uh, you know, get them together. I'll bring you back up. But anybody else can come up in here and join us. We're just having a, a just a casual discussion. We're really just trying to look at, you know, with this new available information that's come about in the last 10 odd years, you know what I mean? How can we re- reassess the uh, the state of black male life, right? Now that we actually have standards, because the problem we've had in the past, and again, you and I are both generation X, you know, this uh, we were never given standards. We were told what we needed to do to be considered, you know, worthy of love, affection, and respect, but we weren't necessarily told you know, what those standards look like in society. So now that this data is becoming more freely available, you know, yes, you have plenty of Black men that are homeless, plenty that are unemployed. I mean, we know before COVID in over 35 major cities, you have Black male unemployment between 40 and 50%. We know the homelessness rates are are really not fully calculated, much of that driven by incarceration. These men get out, they don't have a place to go, even when they have housing vouchers. So, you know, when we look at the totality of black men, uh, we're definitely as the the black community is doing worse than most other communities. And again, we're the only community when you control for incarceration that are not as doing as well as our women.
2: Appreciate
1: that, Barry. We're not doing as well as our women. But when you look at black men that are employed, they are actually doing slightly better. and, And there are other kind of stereotypes that we can begin to break down. But when we use these standards, it's kind of like, well, and, and I'm not trying to discourage brothers from pushing and grinding. Do the best you can push to be where you want to be. But don't do it to meet some nebulous standard that, you know, really isn't even going to get you a pat on the head at the end of the day. Do it for you. Mm-hmm. you know I mean? I, look, it, I'm doing what I'm doing because I love what I'm doing. I advocate for black men. I try to teach on this. This is my this is my research. This is my work. I love what I do. Um, if I didn't love what I did, I, you know, if I chose to work at UPS, I'd probably make more. I have no idea. But the the idea. But the point I'm getting at is: do what 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 really is your work. Do what is for you to do, and don't make it based on some arbitrary standards, you know, um, imposed on us for several decades.
4: Don't do it. You hit the nail right on the head there um i was making money i was doing well mm-hmm. uh as a police officer but i hated it i was following my aunt into becoming a police officer uh-huh. you know when you're in your in your mid 20s you don't know what's going on you don't, you're not figuring out what's going on mm-hmm. and she said become a cop you are smarter than them people and i did and i hated it and it wasn't for me mm. till i went through my problems um I was incarcerated for two years. Damn. And I had a I had an older celly, and he was an older gentleman, and he would talk to me. He gave me information. He said, Man, you smarter than half of these guys in here. You can make it. Get out of here. He says, I want you to do what you want to do. So I,
0: mm-hmm.
4: I took a chance at going back to
0: school. Oh, okay. Okay. And
4: one of the greatest things was um as I was going back to school, the manosphere was forming.
0: Mm, okay. Angry
4: man, BGS was there. And mm-hmm. It was a push. And this is when Angry Man was homeless in that Honda. So it was like a kindred spirit. And oh, this is when BGS used to have the Coliseum every weekend, eight hours going into Sunday morning.
0: Okay. And
4: I would do that. And they were my push. And it was just dealing with men that were kindred spirits. Yeah. And yeah, I decided to go back and did something I always wanted to do. And this was, and here was a great thing though, doc. And I and to say this to other men and younger men. Mm-hmm. when you have nothing and you had to start virtually over, right. I was lucky I had my car, lucky I had my home, but I had nothing and I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let me go back to school. And I'm going back to school when there were kids that are the same age that should be my child.
0: Mm-hmm. And
4: I'm 20, 30 years older than them. Yeah. But I had to start over and it was something that I didn't feel before. And I told us to um, tell this to people, I said, you know what it feels like for a black man to do something that he wanted to do and he's doing it for himself and it gives him pleasure. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, and I remember saying that to my mom and my aunt and they were like, I could get, it. I said, do you really get it? And I said, no, you don't. And I said, because black men were not trained to go for what we want. We're trained to do what we're supposed to do. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, we're trained to work for white men, white women, black women and their children. And nine times out of 10, the children that they have aren't ours. So I said, this was the first time that I did something for me. I didn't follow anybody. I said, I didn't have you, my grandmother. I didn't have my aunt. I didn't have a girl or a friend that was telling me to do something. I was following them. This is something where black men. And like how you said, we don't have this nebulous thing telling you what to do. I'm mm-hmm. glad that we have platforms like yours and the other men in the black manosphere that are saying you do not have to live up to this standard that is false. Yeah. Do what you want to do it. And there's no excuse that you cannot go for what you want to go for.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, the biggest thing is research. Mm-hmm. Um, What is it that you want to do? Okay, research this. Go for it. Um, No one says you have to go to school. Right. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you can do that. I mean, in this day and time, there's no excuse that you couldn't do it because now you see more um, gig millionaires and Mm. gig economists making money. Mm -hmm. And they're building their destiny and they're building their futures through that. Mm. We didn't have that growing up at Gen X. You couldn't tell us if you told us when we was twenty one, and, and you know, you say, "Well, you know, twenty years down in the future, you know, you could go online and if you could build a business off of just talking to people and doing something," you would be like, "Get the heck out of here!" Like, how can you do that?
1: Well, no. no, the, the closest thing you could do, and uh, especially in the early in the mid eighties, was was have a rap career and be selling cassettes out of your trunk. Exactly, that, that was like the closest thing you could do to this. Um so there's but but let's not let's also be clear so, and I'm talking really about YouTube um you know it's almost the same dynamic as it was in terms of selling cassettes out of your trunk there's certain things you have to have to be able to do well you got to have a certain amount of charisma this is still an entertainment based space you mm-hmm. know so it's not something that everybody's just going to come on and have a million subscribers you know what I mean it's still very based on a particular talent set. It's just a different set of talents than the rap artists in the eighties. You know what I mean? But it's still, it's still an an endeavor that is limited to a very small population of people, but there's still something to be said for having this access. You're absolutely right. There's still something you can do with that, that we couldn't do before. And we know that just having access to talk to each other as black men has changed many of our lives because, Uh even before before i ran into the manosphere i thought i was crazy you know, <laughs> I, I just thought i was crazy i'm seeing these things and it felt like nobody else is talking about it so i'm like am i imagining this like i'm looking at statistics and i'm like
0: you know what what
1: how come nobody is talking about this and it you, you just start to wonder you know what i mean is everybody else crazy or am i crazy or what and then when i ran into this space i'm hearing brothers saying out loud the things that I was thinking and in, in some respects the things I was too afraid to think let alone say brothers were just coming out with and it really became something that I don't I don't know if we've really had a previous generation ever have where black men could actually compare notes talk about their experiences reflect on current events and data and do it in an unapologetic way I mean the closest I think we had was the barbershop, the, 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 the barbershop. So that got coming huh until that got commandeered and that got commandeered but now the barbershop is international so we got brothers from the continent we got brothers from europe we got brothers from you know that are calling in and and writing in and and talking about it and we've never quite had this i mean it was it was a an incredible thing just to have brothers all over the u.s be able to compare notes it's like you know so we're having the same kind of experiences we're meeting the same kind of women we're hearing almost word for word the same types of rhetoric the uh, same shaming language. You know, We that re- when we started comparing notes on all of that, and it's like, wait a minute, you know, all of that changed the game for a lot of us. Um, and I think it's also scaring a lot of people, most particularly black women, because you can see just in my comment section tonight, how many brothers that are saying they're not even looking for relationships. They're not even focused on relationships. They're not even, it's not even something they're entertaining that is, I've never seen that many Black men say something like that publicly and, and mean it. I mean, that's not, I have not seen that happen in my lifetime. I've seen Black men withdraw from marriage starting in the 60s and 70s. But, I, you know, for the brothers to be able to articulate it as clearly as they are, I haven't seen it like this. And, and the big have, thing is... You have a rationale.
4: Go ahead. Yeah, and you just said the rationale. And the big thing is, is because the one main big thing, Kevin Samuels talks about it, a lot of us talks about it, cooperation, respect.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, mm-hmm. You show it all the time, you know, the the blackmail, misandry, you know, the, the level of mm-hmm. violence, you know, and, and I had to talk to my mom about this, and I told her, I said, and I would tell her, I said, type online, Black women shooting their boyfriend or husband. Black women assaulting their husbands. She said, Yeah, but you know, I said, stop that. And I and I pulled one <laughs> of your um stats. I said, stop that. I said, and I broke down to her. I said, and I said, you keep forgetting I was an ex-cop and I and I came on a lot of um domestic calls. And I said, you know what the main percentage of the aggressors were in domestic calls?
0: Mm.
4: I said. Eight to nine percent were females. Okay. Okay. And Charles can back me up on this in the mm-hmm. black neighborhood. Mm. You're a black man. You grew up in this black man on town, You understand? Eight percent, eighty percent to ninety percent. The aggressors are females because that's the way we grew up. We grew up in a gynocratic. Mm. We've grown up in a gynocratic lifestyle, and okay. like women I have. I think I, I, think I misheard you. You say eight percent or eighty? 80. 80. Yes. 80 to 90. Damn. 89. Yeah. Mm. They are the agitators. And I'm not saying that aren't any men that aren't violent and they're not men that do things wrong. But I'm telling you, when you go on to a call and you see the woman, she's mouthing off. We're trying to stop it. And she to keeps going on and keeps going on. You're like, ma'am, stop. Calm down. Calm down. Mm. And she wants to get it. And there are women that want to jump bad because the Romans are there and she thinks that she can go put her hands on them and start aggravating and stuff. And then you gotta tell them like, look, I'm gonna lock you and him up if you don't do stuff and she wanna argue with her. And then when you put your hands on her, that's when she starts huffing and puffing and rearing back. And you're like, oh, I thought you was gonna be quiet. But right. then th- but then when you see how the way she's acting, that's when you click the hands, like, oh, she's the agitator.
3: Mm.
4: And no matter whatever caused the situation, Mm-hmm. This is what you're seeing. And this is what you've seen, but not just being a police officer. This is what you've seen and what we've grown up. Right. Right. And this is the thing that we've had in our relationships, you know, and when you're being in a, just the fact that we just talked about the employment situation, how the way you're supposed to be as a man, you're supposed to still hold those traditional issues of being the provider, the protector, the problem solver, the procreator and the priest. Mm hmm. But Mm -hmm. she can be anything she wants. She can be a career woman. She could be a mother. She could be a wife if she wants to. Mm -hmm. She could be a superhero. She could do whatever she wants to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if she falls short, you can't tell her anything. Right. But when she's out of sync and you're doing what you need to do, but at the same time, she's grown up with this mindset that you're still subservient to her.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Even Mm -hmm. at the point where you just said stats, black men are making more. Mm -hmm. And now that you have black men that in this space that we get to a point where like, okay, you don't have to put up with the BS and you don't want to deal with it. And angry man said this, like he said, the MGTOW movement made women think like, how dare you pull away? You're not supposed Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be here to take care of me. You're supposed to do what I want you to do because mm-hmm. he said, our women have become our masters. Now we became their slaves and we have seen it. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you do, no matter where it is and this, like men, we're just like, okay, we just don't want to be bothered. And when you tell this to women and I remember when Kevin Simmons was speaking on that and he was speaking to that therapist and that woman was saying, you know, we love you. And we're like, you say that Mm. it's not what you say. It's what you do. Right. Right. And we're not worried about just white folks. We're worrying about you because we're sleeping next to you because we don't know what's going to happen. If I come in, I don't know. If you're going to flip on me. If you and I get in an argument, I don't know if you're going to call the cops on me. If there's a problem going on, I don't know if you're going to pull out a gun and shoot me. Mm -hmm. If you're coming at me and we're having an argument and you're used to getting in my face and you know how to push me and push me and you want to push my buttons, you get up in my face and you want to push me in my head. And I grab you and push you back and we fighting, And then I get to the point and then I hit you and I knock you out or I draw blood. Now I'm like, oh, hell, now I'm I'm up. You know what's creaking? Next thing you know, you're going to be saying, We need to do a shout out to Brother Malaika. He got in a situation, he's been right. locked up. now. And I, you don't want to deal with that. Well, but then you realize this is right. what we do, and you're wondering why we don't want to be bothered. And here's the funny thing we love our black women. We want to be with black women, but we want to go where we're respected and where we're wanted. The but problem. A, but, but here's the irony, though
1: what you just described situation uh you just described in terms of the physical back and forth bi-directional you know intimate partner violence is uh-huh. is the norm in the black community and violence uh coming from men men from women it's 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 fairly equal although uh-huh. there's some stats to show that you're right women initiate uh, violence to a higher degree than men and that's not just limited to black america but you can go through the same situation in terms of being uh having the police called on you when you didn't even resp- you, you didn't even respond physically. Yes. You, you don't have to get into a fight and put hands on her to still go to jail simply because she said you did. No evidence required. You know what I mean? You might even be the one bleeding, but you can still end up in jail if she insists that you were the one to input hand, So it's one of those situations where I tell brothers, if you're in her house, leave. Yes. If she's in your space, then, you know, go back to that show. The first show I did with, uh, well, it's not the first, but I think it was in the fall. I did a show with Dennis Sperling where mm-hmm. he talked about how to get out of an abusive relationship. Check that advice out because at the end of the day, and I've, and I've seen this uh, when a woman can tell you, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I will call the police when she can flat out let you know that she's willing to file false charges to have her way using the police and the state as a control mechanism. You know who you're dealing with. Believe it the first time leave, leave.
4: Don't believe what they say. Believe Believe it. what they do. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, and, and if you can
4: catch it before they do it, leave. I mean, exactly. you know, because
1: and, they, and
5: but this crazy. is,
4: but this is what I love about this because now we're hipping brothers our age in, in Gen X, the late 80s, going into 90s to information and gain. Yeah. Another thing is, but this is the first time where we're seeing black men, we're putting ourselves first. And I've said this before, and I said this on Dennis Sperling. This is the first time in my life I feel good that i've put myself first
0: Mm -hmm.
4: and here's the feeling what it is it's it's a reverberating feeling of it's a combination of relief and kind of awakening Mm -hmm. because for 40 years i've been taught to put somebody else first. I've been taught to put my desires on the back burner. And I've related to Angry Man even said this. If you make money, you did something good, you got to double think should I treat myself to get something. You and I are comic book heads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was my release and getting something. But even if I had enough money and paid all bills, I'm like do I need to go get a bunch of this? And it was like part of me was like, go, what is wrong with you? That's your thing. Mm -hmm. But I remember I was in a relationship with a woman and I remember I went to a convention. It was the first time I went to a convention and I had the money to buy an expensive comic.
0: Okay, okay.
4: And she was like, well, how much does this cost? And I told her, and really I should have told her, said to her, none of your business, (laughs) but... (laughs) She was like, oh, my God, what, what is wrong with you? You know, this is crazy. Are you all? And then I remember angry man talking said, Man, If you paid the cost to be the boss and you were living in your means, why could you treat mm-hmm. yourself? Right. And this is the problem. And this is one of the biggest problems in the black community, and especially with men. There's no balance with us, either that we deny ourselves the joys in life. Or we ball out of control and we live without our means to show off and to overcompensate for the anxiety and that that feeling of self worth. Because mm-hmm. this is where we think, because we never were taught, we were never taught wealth, black men, we never taught. Self-worth, self-love, because like how you said, black men, we were raised to be the perpetual slave. You were raised to be the perpetual buck.
3: Mm-hmm. You were
4: raised to be the perpetual workhorse. Right. But when you make some money and you do something, you're like, okay, you want to go, you want to go get this. So you just mm-hmm. can't get that one pair of Jordans. You gotta get 10 pairs of Jordans. <laughs> Remember the back in the day, the rims, man, back in the day, 90s, <laughs> the and the 2000s, man. I remember dudes were spending $1,200, $2,000, $4,000 on rims.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: it was it was crazy. And I was one of them dudes that was almost about to buy, about to buy a pair of rims. And mm-hmm. so I had to realize, I'm like, you've shown it off, but it became a part of our culture.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And mm-hmm. this is something that I just realized where... Black men, we never put ourselves first. Mm. This is the first time. And I said this to, um, I said this to Artisan and I said this to Dennis Sperling. And I said, the internet is like the Colt 45 back in the sixteen, seventeen hundreds. It became the great equalizer. Meaning like the bad guy, the good guy and the common guy had the gun and they could shoot anybody. Well, this is the great, this platform that we're on is a great equalizer. Mm-hmm. It has, Anybody, no matter you're black, white, no matter what gender you are, you can speak on it. But the thing was, the cat came out of the bag when you start really having black men come together and start speaking on issues that we all realized that we were having. We wouldn't, And it wasn't just talking about bashing black women. We were talking about... Divorce. We were talking about mm. how the way we're getting divorce rate. We're talking about, um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're talking about, like, you know, this baby isn't yours. We're talking about how the way wow. we wow. started talking about just finances. You know, we're just talking about how the way you start talking about violence, things that black men never talked about, being beat by a woman going to jail because you were defending yourself against a woman mm. being lied upon and going to jail. Women were saying, I don't believe that happened. You were like, really? Yeah. And you're saying, but then at the same time, men being expected to take care of another woman and her children, but she's giving you mediocre behavior. And at the same time, she's overweight. She thinks that she's better than you because she has a, a job that pays a little bit more than you or she has a degree
0: mm-hmm. or
4: she's traveled and done more than you. Right. But you have a blue collar job
1: mm-hmm. and you may have no school loans. You may earn as much, if not more. But somehow you're less than. Yes. You know what I mean? I've seen situations where he's making six figures, low six figures. She's making 30. And somehow he's still lucky to be in her space. Now it, it, it doesn't at the end of the day, what I'm simply saying though, is that this is how we've been raised. This is how we've been socialized. Yes. Where, you know, we have no real standards that hold any weight. And somehow men keep finding themselves having been taught from a young age their job is to serve. And what I think it is, it's, it's a its a really, it's a bifurcated and mutated form of traditionalism, right? Because uh-huh. you have this idea that men are supposed to protect, provide, and so on and so forth. And most men that I run into don't have a problem with that. They don't have a problem with the basic idea of protection and provision, so on and so forth. But like you were you were talking about earlier, that's a one-sided dynamic. It's a very cherry-picked traditionalism. Because it's okay for you to be traditional to, to the extent that you provide for her. She doesn't have to be traditional in anything she provides for you. And this is a critical misunderstanding of the exchange of resources in the traditional model. And it somehow turns into a one-way benefit for her and an ongoing sacrifice for you. So exactly. starting, in, starting in the mid-60s, you started to see Black men especially stepping back from divorce. And it, it only increased from there. And my my theory is that black men were already holding a silent protest as early as the 1970s. Mm-hmm. A silent protest being, you know, a stepping back from marriage, especially when you started to see this 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 whole push um, against. Uh, 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 oh my goodness, it, the term is escaping me at the moment. Um, um, the whole new framework for divorce. Um, Oh, um, it! no fault divorce. No fault divorce. Thank you. You started to really see a push from there. And by the time the family courts got on to using child support um, as both child support and alimony, what you saw men doing even more is stepping further and further back. Now, this was characterized in the 1980s as black men being lazy, shiftless, trifling, so on and so forth. But this was only characterized that way um, because nobody asked black men. They just asked uh-huh. black women how they felt about black men stepping back, but they didn't really ask black men why they were. And, and part of what's only happening in the last 10 odd years is black men are, are explaining why. They're finally explaining why, and we finally have our own platforms to do so. Otherwise, we had to filter it through platforms that were prioritizing women's worldviews and so on and so forth. So now you have black men that are saying, no, we're stepping back and very purposely because I don't get anything out of this. I watched my grandfather work himself into the grave. I watched my father work himself into the grave. I'm supposed to do the same, but I'm also met with disrespect, dismissal, you know, down talking, you know, no matter what is achieved. And the only way I can get a modicum of respect is to demand it. So I'm going to demand it. And if I have to take, if I have to go elsewhere and go where I'm celebrated, hell, or even if I have to just be alone, which is, look, and I'll say this, and I think I've said it before. I do believe men should, should know how to be alone. Yes. I do believe you should know how to be content with yourself. I have no problem with you going where where you're celebrated. And that doesn't necessarily mean you got to lead a country. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to go interracial. It just simply means you go where you're appreciated, wherever that is for you. Have no problem with it. But I would also urge,
4: especially young men, know how to be alone. Can I touch on that for a minute, Doc? Go ahead. Um, this is something that, well, you and I are Gen Xers.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, within our generation, that's when we start seeing a lot of uh, baby mamas and uh, Brenda's having a baby. Yeah type situations come around. And it became prevalent, and we became the canary in the coal mine and just blew up like wildfire. Right. Right. And we have a lot, and we started to have a rash of young men and even men in our age group, if they move out or if they want to get out. They turn into Jody from baby boy that they gotta be able to need for woman to get out of their mom, but they gotta be able to need somebody. And this is where we're dealing with a result of men that don't know how to be alone. And if they even make enough money that they can support themselves, they gotta have a woman. And I'm not saying don't date a woman, right. I'm not saying don't have fun, but the mm-hmm. problem is, is that a lot of men don't know how to be alone. And right. being alone doesn't mean being lonely, it's being alone and knowing what you need to do as a man because you've never been taught that because there hasn't been a man in the house. or If a man was in the house, his power was stripped from him. Mm. And now we have, and I've seen this, I've seen this in my own family. I've seen this with men. And I'm like you, like you said, and Kevin said this, when it comes to like family reunions and family get togethers and holidays, I sit back and I look and I'm starting to see, and I've seen one of my cousins, he's 23, 24, and he just had a kid, and he's living with his girlfriend. And that red pill is hitting my head, and I'm happy that they had a child, and the, and the baby's beautiful. But I'm looking, at him like, you're 24 years old, and you moved in with this kid, you moved in with this chick, and you got a kid. And I'm like, I'm thinking, like, that's time you could have been building you. But then mm-hmm. I go looked at, at my cousin his mom, and I mm-hmm. looked at and I looked at her mom her mm-hmm. mother didn't prepare her for that, and she didn't prepare her son because she didn't marry his dad and it was just that that vicious cycle, that gynocentric cycle mm-hmm. that we that we see that we're raised in and men we're, we gain we think we, we get our validation we're raised to get our validation from our women, especially black men, because we think that it's it's that mama feeling like, well, mama, what if I get this? Or how many times, you know, if you go out, if uh, if you go out and you hear a guy say, well, I got to ask the wife if I can afford this, you know, like stuff like that. Or I don't know if I can afford this yet. I mean, let me talk to my wife about this and things. And you know, certain things that you putting your wife ahead stuff or I've seen this with friends. If somebody was talking about something and you ask something and he looks at his woman, like it's okay for him to talk. We've been conditioned to gain that validation from our women. And Mm. I got caught up in that. And you know, that simpship had to break. But (laughs) this is, but this is why I pose, I posed the question.
1: What happens when you discover that you actually can be content By yourself, meaning you don't seek out company because you have a need to and you're lonely. You choose company because you choose it. And if it's not available or if the company that's available is substandard, you're okay. See, this is why I think it's important to learn this at a young age so you carry that with you in your adulthood, in your manhood, whether you're talking in your 30s or your 70s. If you know, that if being if you have to be alone and yet that actually is a peaceful thought, then, you know, it, it's almost like um, it, it, this is a, and I'm not great at, at analogies, but it's almost like, you know, you, you got five hundred thousand dollars in the bank and you're looking for a job or you're looking to start a business. Do you do you rush? Let's say you're looking for a job. Do you just take whatever is, you know, the first thing somebody offers you if you know you got five hundred thousand in your bank account?
4: No. As opposed to
1: you got zero and you got rent due. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The difference is you got a desperation about you. You're you're, des- you're willing to take whatever somebody gives you, no matter how ridiculous it is. But it's a very different attitude when you know your needs are met and you're casually choosing the next step. That's how I want brothers to go into relationships. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying be alone just because of F women. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is be learn how to be content. So that if you decide to be in a relationship, it's going to be a win-win. You're either going to be content with yourself or you're going to be content in a situation that you choose. But it's nothing that you have to do out of desperation, out of loneliness, out of any of those kind of things. And if you're financially secure, you're not depending on a woman to take care of you. You're not moving in with her, living off her, any of those things. And I I used to tell, I I had friends, you know, that would do this, you know, and, and I used to tell them, you know, the problem with what you're doing you're one argument away from being homeless Uh you're one argument away from being in jail if you don't do what she says to do you know what i mean these kind of control measures stand on your own two feet find contentment in your own life and that way whatever you choose to do with someone else is icing on the cake exactly that's that's the that's the best position to be in and you can you casually just choose what you want you don't gotta rush nothing and nothing is chosen out of desperation. And that's where I want more of my brothers to get. And it's one of the reasons that I'm 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 going through the the Wall Street Journal, what percent are you cite. That's why I'm going through the female delusion calculator. I want you to actually see your worth. And I right. want you to actually ponder on that. I want you to be content in your own life, knowing your value, and 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 then choose what step you want to make next. Because I guarantee you, when you appreciate your own worth you're not going to make arbitrary decisions that that's going to tear apart everything you built.
4: Exactly. That's one like, thing that's really um, where I want brothers to get to one but, thing you realize when you're content in being alone, you accomplish more. Mm. Um, that's something that I had to realize um, mm-hmm. I Had to tell a friend, like for a while, um, a friend was staying with me and this dude just didn't want to do anything and he was broke. He didn't have two nickels to rub together, but he always wanted to be hollering at women and going on sites. And I said, how can a broke ninja want to holler at women? Mm. And he was like, well, you mind if I bring a girl over here? I said, no, this is not the Red Brew in." And I said to him, I said, your man is pushing 50 and you're acting like you're 20 years old. You just got out. I said, I said, you haven't grown up. You have a state of arrested development. I said, Mm. you can't just be content with yourself, he said, "Yes, I am." I said, "No, you're not." Mm-hmm. I said, "You gotta have. You just. I said, you. I said, this is the time to build, man. Yep. Yeah. I said, you're in a situation where you have to build, and you're worrying about having sex with women. I said, young guys deal with that. I said, you haven't grown up. Yeah. And and it was just something that I said, and I said to him, I said, you never allowed yourself to grow up, or you were never in a position to grow up and do certain things. And this is a thing where men need to have the ability, young men need to have the ability to have fun, go out. Like how you say, your son had his first job and he has his first car.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: That is a rite of passage for a young man who's a teenager. Right. You know, he gets it, like you say, he ain't get his first check yet. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're going to talk to him and tell him, like, all right, this is what you need to do with your money, man.
0: That's right. That's right.
4: You be like, all right, you got this amount of money. Mm-hmm. What you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And he's going to look at you like, well, what do you mean what I'm going to do with it? I want to get this. And like, I know you think about you want to go buy this. You want to go buy that. You want to do that? And like, yeah, but when you be going out somewhere, you're going to want to get something. Mm hmm. But you got to talk to me though. Same thing with the car. You was teaching him what he needs to do with the car and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, but this is but see, here's the thing: your son has you, he has masculine guidance. A mm-hmm. lot of our brothers don't have this platform. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'll put it to you this way: you, BGS, Kevin, Angry Man, um, Dennis, you're like my brothers. BGS is like my. Big brother, my big uncle,
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, angry man. I, I look at angry man is like my one friend, like, you know, if some some shit went down, I'm like, yo, uh, something <laughs> happened. And he's like, what? And, and we go. And he's like, to the point we go handle it. But he'll look at me at his face with that mean face. And he's like, don't ever let this happen again. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, and, and But that but that's the thing, you know, you mm-hmm. know. I look at like Dennis, and I'm like, oh, man, this stuff going on. He's like, all right, well, what's the legality? You know, mm-hmm. break it down in a legal way. And he's like, all right, man, don't get emotional about it. We do this. I'll talk to you, and you'll give me a very serious, logical, scientific about it. Mm. Artisan? is going to be raw, uncut. <laughs> he's going to curse about it, and he's going to say something. He's going to be a more mellower, angry man. But <laughs> that's what we need. <laughs> This is what we need. We need men of all different variety. And here's the thing: all you brothers are all different social, economic backgrounds, different ages. But we're coming as a collective, and we're learning. Iron is sharpening iron. You and I, we didn't have this growing up. Mm -hmm. we didn't. You're right. Um, I mean, what we have in this
1: space is a is a lot of surrogate brothers and fathers. Exactly. Depending on who's listening, you know, it's surrogate big brothers, surrogate fathers. And, and with this many brothers sharing their experiences, you get enough out of this to know, OK, he's already gone through it. I don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. You know, if the situation I'm considering getting into sounds just like what these five brothers have already talked about, then maybe I don't have to do it. Maybe I just need to learn from what they did and make a different decision. And a lot of people don't know that can save you 10, 15 years of aggravation or 18 years. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you you know, there's years, some mistakes that are not, yay, man, some, you know, and if that can save you 18 years of, of difficulty making a different decision, you know, then then the question is uh, something that a lot of brothers didn't have a chance to really ask because we weren't in a period where we knew we could. What can you do with your life if you don't have to spend X amount of time dealing with this ridiculousness over here, you know, all these other plans everybody has for you and your resources, all these other expectations people have of you. What can happen in your life when you don't have to, you know, succumb to other people's expectations of your life? What can you do with it? And the beautiful thing is one of the first answers you come to is I don't know yet. Meaning there's so much possibility. Let me explore it. But I knew a lot of brothers that either got caught up and ended up doing time or they got somebody pregnant as early as high school and they were locked into something before they had. And this is what I talk to my son about all the time. You don't want to get locked into something before you even have a chance to find out what's available. You know what I mean? Just to even find out, it's not even a matter of whether or not you're able to become something. It's just a matter of even finding out it's available to you. We exactly. make decisions that cost us a future we didn't even know existed yet, and by the time you're in a position to explore it, you've lost ten to twenty years dealing with something else. Mm-hmm. And I, want, I, you know, that's one of the one of the benefits of these spaces is it may save you those couple decades. And you can go a different route and brothers like me can actually look at you, do something different. And that inspires us in turn. So there's a there's a there's a call and a response in that respect. But it has to start with making a different set of decisions. And you have the benefit of all these big brothers and fathers to do that. You don't got to know everybody
4: on everything, but learn from it. You know what I love? One thing about this space does. And I always said this about BTS forces you to think. Mhm. Mhm. Um and this is one thing that we as black men need to do more. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Think. Mhm. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, our lovely ladies tell us, "Well, you yeah. got to do this guy. that." No, 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 no. You ain't got to do anything. Step back and yeah. think. I yeah. I I I see myself that They want you to jump and do because they, because they're going by emotion. And this is what the problem that we've had from our brothers going up to hyper emotionalism. You're doing things like how you said, something that can change your life for a few decades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of brothers were not thinking, you know, BGS, you angry man, you're forcing black men to think. Mm. And not just think but think outside the box and like and stop thinking that you know You have this glass ceiling on you
0: Mm.
4: And the glass ceiling was never there and you and then the thing is you can't keep blaming white folks, okay? Mm -hmm. If white folks ain't really messing with you, you know that there's a certain part of racism but Here's the funny thing and I'll put it to you this way When I said I was going back to school a couple of people like why are you going back to school? Oh, You need to get a job. You need to do this. You need to do that I'm like, okay Give me a job. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, you need to apply. So I've done that. Mm. I said, it's a felony conviction. But when they get past that and they do the background check, and when I go to interview and they say, oh, you're good. Then it's the problem is that I'm qualified or I'm overqualified. They do the background check and it's a problem. Yeah. So I said, well, let me go back to school and do something. Now, But then it's like, well, you're wasting time. I said, but what do you want me to do? hmm oh, just get some type of job. But if I just get some type of job and it's not paying me anything or I'm dealing with a job where, you know, it's just degrading. Mm. And that was a funny thing. When I was in school, I had a job that was degrading. And it was just to a point that you were just feeling the lowest of the low and also seeing how the way this job was treating black men. Mm. And it didn't matter. And it was making me think, I was like, Thank God, brother, you're working on something.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: But the thing right. is, like I said, and this is something if sisters are listening mm-hmm. and, and that I just wanted to say, that the thing is, if you, if you realize if a black man has a goal and he mm-hmm. has a dream and he has aspiration, if he's working on it and he did something
3: mm-hmm. and
4: he achieved something, mm-hmm. that is great. And women, can, you can say, yeah, I understand it, but do you really understand it? Because black men, we come out of your wombs with the disadvantage. Right. And we go through adversity and go through trial and tribulations and everything. Here's the thing. You're not supposed to be a doctor.
0: Mm.
4: Artisan is not supposed to have his own comic book store. (laughs) Angry man is not supposed to have his house.
0: Mm. Mm.
4: Half of the brothers on here are not supposed to have the stuff. I'm not supposed to have no bachelor's degree. I'm not supposed to have this. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, Kevin Samuels is not supposed to be as successful as he is. Yeah. But the thing is, we become successful and move in spite. And here's another thing. You provide, and Kevin and BGS provide statistics, Mm. which is an evil word to our lovely ladies. And here's the funny thing when you're realizing that you're not bad and you're realizing your self-worth, I didn't know I was in the 51 percentile of single black men that didn't have children. Okay? I didn't know that there was there a certain percentage of right black men that are millionaires, certain percentage of black men that are in the middle class, certain percentage of black men that are married to black women. Okay. And when you start seeing the stats and you know... You go to Mm BlackDemographics.com, you start feeling that release. Like, well, somebody's been lying to me, man. Right. Right. You know, this is some BS that somebody told me. What's this bullshit that I've been hearing for the past 40 years that Black men ain't shit. We ain't doing nothing. We we having a bunch of babies. But then you break down. There's only a certain percentage of Black men that are having sex with a certain percentage of Black women in a certain demographic area.
1: Yeah. Because it's it, never it's never explained to us that way. We're the impression we've gotten since the '80s, and if not, and maybe even earlier, maybe even been in the '70s. But this idea that we were all just you know these animals that were trifling, were running around getting everybody pregnant, beating up everybody, getting shot at, shooting at every this this was an impression that was given to you know black men as a whole. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? This is something Dr. Curry used to talk about a lot of times. He said, when you talk about, you know, intimate partner violence or no intimate partner homicide, where you have a, a you know, a partner, a, a man killing his wife or his girlfriend, that was projected onto all black men. Yeah. And the interesting thing he would point out about that is you got th- that was a fraction of a percentage of men doing that. And somehow it reflected on the entirety of the, uh, of the black male population. Right. And that's the kind of narrative that we continue to have in a lot of different overlapping areas. So when you find this goes to your point, when we find the statistics that show just how many of us are engaged in certain acts, whether it's, you know, positive and successful or negative and problematic, finding out just how many of us that are going through those things, it's it's enlightening and overwhelming in some respects, because we've never been given numbers. It was just implied that all of us
4: act X kind of way. And that's it. And the funny thing is, when you provide the evidence, mm-hmm and especially when you provide it to black women and you tell them to look it up and they get it. They are so still conditioning. Kevin you say, you're still conditioned to not believe it's true. Yeah. Because yeah. you've been, cause they've been conditioned to think that we're less than no, it's not true because you have to be this not. And, and I remember I said to one, I said, why do you still think that? Mm. And she kind of gave me that blank stare. I said, you know why? you've been conditioned to think that I'm less than, I'm not good. But when the evidence is proven that majority of the black men do not fit these tropes and these lies, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. still have this cognitive dissonance of like, uh, yeah, no, this can't be true. Why can't it be true? And a lot of them don't want to believe the truth. Mm-hmm. They wanna they they, they don't want to believe the hard truth, they love living the soft lie. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And it becomes an issue within the relationships that you still have this disdain for your men, mm-hmm. and you wonder why we don't want to deal with it because it's that it's the funny thing that. Our women, we feel that our women never really love us. They mm-hmm. they tolerate us because they know they need us for certain things, resources, sex, protection.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, When they reach a certain age, they need somebody to take care of them. Your mama, when she reaches a certain age, she needs to take care of you, but she never got married or she never got remarried. You know, and it, and it goes... To that point that, you know, you become that concuser. Right. Where, you know, we're like, no. And they're like, well, why? What's the problem? Because you don't respect me. We're telling you this is not happening to us. Right. This is not who we are. Mm -hmm. And it's that old trope, you know, you make a black man in your present life pay for the past sins of a black man that hurt you.
1: Right. Well, let me let me let me add something to this too, um, and 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 I appreciate you coming up, Malika. If no one else wants to come up, then I'll probably close this out a little early. Uh, the link uh, should it should still be in the chat. I'll post it again. Um, but there's something I wanted to add to. When We talk about the barriers that Black men face, right? We talk about what Black men are achieving, and this is why we're looking at the calculator, why we're looking at the Wall Street Journal what black men are achieving in spite of not having certain types of support, in spite of not being Uh able to access the resources that others have been given. There is an article that you can find on diverseeducation.com and it's entitled not enough black males qualified to work in higher education. Is that a cliche? Right. And the thing about it is uh, when you look at it, One of the things this brother uh, talks about in this article, he gives the stats, right? He says there's over 409,000 brothers with master's degrees and about 88,000 black men with doctoral degrees, right? Mm And then what he says from there is when you really break this down, there's only a small percentage of them that are actually administrators, right? Uh, 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 I think he said uh, uh, out of the entire black administrative pool of those with, with doctoral degrees, uh, only a small percentage are black male. Right. But then he says he himself and his cohort applied for a series of jobs. And listen to this. He applied to over one hundred and fifty different positions and got denied across the board. So when we talk about black men being barred, especially if you have prison, or, you know, prison record on you, you have a prison record or anything. It's not just limited to that, even if you have a doctoral degree even if it has to do with trying to rent a house or it has to do with renting a car. I mean, I've experienced those things directly. They take one look at me and all of a sudden they don't have any cars available. You know what Uh I mean? All of a sudden the, the house can't be rented. There's something wrong with it. I'm telling you the two times I've had to move in Fresno, I applied for a place to rent 50 times each time with a doctoral degree, with a job position that I'd been in for years couldn't get it you know so these kind of barriers and whatnot tend to stick with us uh we got good brother uh keep it 100 in here we got uh charles um you know i'm I'm gonna treat y'all in the order you came in uh brother marcus holler at us man what's on what's on your mind
6: what's going on so i'm gonna add to what you just said um now you you know what i do i'm a photographer i had a uh, studio on 42nd street and eighth avenue in midtown for several years when i tried to change my location I tried to get a place down by the World Trade
1: Center. Okay.
6: Down by the World Trade Center, I had a girl who was doing the, uh, you know, she was a broker. She was doing the call in the head for us. And she called this one guy and, uh, you know, he made all these types of incentives because they were trying to, you know, this is that area, you know, the ground zero area. And they were trying to get people down there. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she had him on speaker. And I heard him saying, Oh, the first month will be free and this and that. And all these incentives, all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, I, ooh, I. Mm-hmm. When we got there, right. all, all that was off the table. Right. And he said that he wanted a full year's worth of rent up front. Wow. I, I gave this man the hardest grill, bro. The mm-hmm. hardest grill. We looked at each other like, because I knew what it was. <laughs> Yeah. I knew what it was. Here I am. I'm with a real estate broker who, you ain't run my credit yet. You ain't do any of this. As soon as I walked in, you looked at me and it was done. And that, that would be the, maybe the first of a few uh places that we would go into where the owner would make sure that they were there to see who was renting the place. And as soon as we walk out, it was unavailable.
0: Yeah. And
6: I, that that ended up in me taking my studio back to brooklyn i had to leave manhattan and take it back to brooklyn to get a spot down there so i couldn't get the midtown or anywhere anywhere in the city in manhattan i could not get they were shutting me down they were shutting me down on canal they were shutting me down everywhere in manhattan and i had to take it back to brooklyn so ironically the hasidic jews who don't care who gives them money (laughs)
3: yeah yeah
6: that's that's what ended up happening so what you just said is a real thing um Mm. it's it's crazy man you know everyone else everyone else except us i mean because we wear our identity on our skin is is no way around it and you know everyone else that you know uh i guess you know says this or that uh this is happening to me and i'm being oppressed in this way or that way Um, you have to put that information out there to, 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 you know, whether, whether you're LGBT or if you're Jewish or if you're this or that, they can't look at you and tell these things unless you're making it obvious that you, you belong to one of these groups. Mm. And, and that's not so with black men, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's, that's just something that we, we have to, we walk in the door with that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, and I and really just to add a little bit onto my story, the only time I was able to rent something is when I walked in with my wife and my infant son. They, they'd look at me and they'd see her and my son and something clicked and they would allow it. And That was after 50 odd applications. When I had to try that again, when my wife had passed away and my son had reached a certain age where he wasn't little and cute anymore, they just saw two black males whole different scenario officer charles chime in on this brother how you doing man
7: uh, nothing <laughs> just went on a cigar and lick a run Just <laughs> to go go out where it's out you know but oh I, I tell you you know people always think that the officer thought you never seen racism you don't know how it feels to be oppressed I said work yeah. for these work for these damn organizations and then you'll feel oppression. Uh, okay.
0: Okay. Okay.
7: Put your put your packet in for sergeant in the military and police department and see how everybody BS you around. Mm. Mm. I have especially when you have three to four times the qualifications, three to four times the medals. See, I have what you call, you know, a device on a lot of my ribbons. Because I've actually done this stuff two or three times. That's the equivalent. That's the equivalent of yourself goes for another doctorate,
3: <laughs> right? Right.
7: And when you see the problem is this, and I'm pretty sure a lot of fellas in the chat will agree. Don't be a brother who takes care of their body and lifts a little bit of weights. <laughs> Scare people. <laughs> you scare people.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: Nobody ever asks nobody ever asks the question what do you think about global politics? <laughs> right. Nobody right. ever asks what's your what's your opinion on global warming. Right, right. No one ever asks, uh, oh, what do you think about uh education? They always ask if you play a sport mm. if you could lift this, lift that. Right. See, it's it's nice to be the big dumb buck,
3: mm-hmm.
7: or when your when your major or your captain asks you to take over, you know, clear a certain corner or watch this or go on a different operation. But when you're the guy who comes up with the operational planning and you blow their heads, oh, now you now you see the value. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of funny where black men are put in this conundrum. Where if I show all these so and so's all my expertise, you're just gonna use me. You're not gonna promote me. You're not gonna you're not gonna make a specialized, you know, unit for me. You're just gonna use me, and when you're done, you'll put me back where you found me. Hmm. Or if I don't show you what I know, you're just gonna expect me to be this big dumb guy that you call when you when you're getting your ass kicked. Yeah. And 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 the perceived, and I know you're a comic book uh, fan mm-hmm. like myself. Mm-hmm. I got into a debate with a with a guy in this black nerd black anime comic book group about the Tim Drake situation, and I said I found it very funny that you as a black man will go harder for LGBTQ okay. representation and rights, but if I spoke about reparations or black. Black rights, especially in particular, to black men, you're right. uh, you are hush
0: hush. Right. What
7: What does that got to do with it? Is that you're looking for the right to be to do a certain act, and we're still looking for the right to be a human being.
0: Yeah. Real talk. Real talk. I
7: can't go. I can't go, and I can never be weak.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what are
7: you about? Six three, six four. Who me? Yeah. Six two. Six two, mm-hmm. you can't be weak,
0: yeah,
7: and you said your son's even taller than you, my son will be taller than me, and he's fourteen, yeah we he can't be I, he can't be weak, mm-hmm. he can't have a bad day, he can't right. grieve, he can't mourn, he can't yeah. have normal human emotions, mm-hmm. he can't yeah. be upset, yeah, and yeah. this is this is the part of the stress why we die so damn early,
1: oh yeah. You can you can be killed like my son will be walking home from school in the dark and he'll have his earphones on. And he doesn't often understand that to other people, he's a dark shadow with locks hanging at six foot seven. And Mm -hmm. if you you speak to him and only
7: growing and only growing
1: and and still growing and he may not respond if you speak to him because he's got his earphones in. He doesn't understand how much other people may see him as a threat. But, it, you know, it, it, and it can come out a lot of different ways. Like this this class ring that I have for my doctorate, I've mm-hmm. never once had someone look at it and know that it was a class ring. The first assumption they make is that I'm a retired NFL player.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the first assumption. Uh, it, it never crosses people's minds, people's minds. It can be an academic achievement. Never.
7: They never do. They, they'll never. I actually had a black sergeant. When I told him, I said I'll put a twenty dollar bet right now. Which president started the war on drugs? Mm-hmm. Of course, he said Reagan. I told him it was Nixon. I said I'll mm-hmm. put twenty. Matter of fact, I'll make it even better. Hundred straight dollars, Sarge. Okay. He had to he had to shake my hand because you know he lost because he checked it and lost. Mm-hmm. And I said, not bad for a guy who didn't finish college. He was like, you didn't finish college,
3: <laughs>
7: right? I was, I was like, no. He was like, Oh man, I, I thought you did because you you actually sound articulate. I said, you know, Massa, we don't we don't all have to buck dance, you know. Oh. And and this is how other black men think of each other. Yeah. Let me let me get
1: Artisan in because, man, Artisan, man, I I'm lucky to get him in here, man. He might have to go in a second. So let me get this brother in here. What you think, man?
8: All right, what's going on, everybody? I'm sorry, Charles is making me laugh. I wasn't trying to hit the button, but Charles <laughs> making me laugh.
7: That's how I. That's how
8: I know had, I'm, good, I'm
7: good with that. Day. Peace, big homie.
8: Well, because ch- listening to Charles and share his situation is a lot of the same situations I've had in constructions, and even when I work corporate, like people see me, and I'm not overly a big guy. I'm only five eleven, but you know I got shoulders and and muscles and stuff, and everybody always think, "Oh, you play fullback for somebody?" No, mm. no, mm. I don't play sport. Didn't mm. I, I played basketball, but I stopped. <laughs> you know, but when they hear me talk, it's always that quimsical look they get on their face. Like, you know about this stuff? Like, right. yeah, because I'm not stupid. <laughs> like, we and do read, you know, not <laughs> not only do do, read, not we do read, we do educate ourselves. And not only do I read, I own a comic book store. Shout <laughs> <laughs> yeah. out to artists, that, y'all. That really, that really throws them. What kind of store? Right. Of the artists. Just, That's right. Uh, I just tell them I sell porn so they so it really messes them up. Like I sell porn, (laughs) don't worry about it. Uh,
2: they probably assume you, but a lot
8: of (laughs) what's that? I said
1: they probably assume you're in porn before they believe you sell it. That too,
8: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no, but but I like the conversation you brothers are having and. And it's ironic that I switched on to your show after getting off the phone with my mother and my brother, having the same type of conversation about what what black men deal with out here in the world, mating, dating or just working or whatever. And some of what Charles was was saying was echoing things that I just remember just from my own past and recent past. It's like you can't show too much. You can't let them know how much, you know. If they think you know too much, then they're gonna get rid of you because they feel threatened. But then again, mm-hmm. you big, tall, and black, so you already threatened. Now I gotta, mm-hmm. you know, watch my tone. I can't get angry. I can't, you know, be too loud. Like, yeah, that is stressful. All that repression is is damaging to your psyche and it's damaging to your damn body because you can't hold in all that stuff. We are the only group of, of men on the planet that are not actually. Allowed or given the space, I should say, instead of allowed, given the space to just have normal freaking reactions. Everything about us has to be tamped down or controlled in some kind of way by somebody, be it, be it um, mm-hmm. W.S. or the B.W. So everybody want to control it, because if Charles walked into a crowded room somewhere and sneezed real loud, everybody be looking like what the hell? What's going on?
7: it <laughs> just, get, just,
8: just It'd be getting a problem. To,
7: just getting to co- I'll tell you what, just getting cigars, re-upping on my cigars today. Mm-hmm. A brother asked if I, I had a guy ask me at a corner store, Do I play for the Ravens? I said, I wish.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm,
7: I'm like, Dude, I, I didn't play football. I'm a wrestler. He was mm-hmm. like, Oh, you mean mm-hmm. WWE? No. Think <laughs> I said, No, Olympics. Think of Olympic style. I have a bronze medal in Germany. There we go. Like, like, if people look at it because it's such a cerebral sport. Yeah, I'm sorry for cutting the artist off, but I had to share this part. When you're in a when you're in a sport, when I was 16 and I had to compete overseas, I'm only one of two wrestlers out of 120 20 wrestlers that were black. Mm-hmm. So you know, like Tupac said, all eyes on me, right? And the first person you give me is some Russian kid who was the um, reigning national champion. Mm. So as I kicked his ass, everybody was like, uh, "Okay, we'll take you seriously." What you thought I was going to lose? <laughs> and don't don't have confidence because it's automatically going to go towards arrogance.
8: Yeah. yeah, but that was that was the first thing I got when I really got old enough to start working around a lot of men and first got into construction and I start building my own sense of of manhood, my own confidence in myself. That was the first thing I was hearing. Like, Oh, you arrogant. It's like, it's not arrogant to know that what I'm saying is right. And that I'm correct in what I am doing. That's not arrogance. But, but then that's when you start getting that understanding of the world is that the world will treat you differently as a black man. If you know what the hell is going on. And if you can speak to what's going on, that's really like, oh my God, it's, they live. He, we got one who can see. What's up with this yeah. man right here? So- right. Right. Absolutely. And
1: sometimes it'll just be real subtle things. I'm good. I had something happen to me about three days ago where I was both uh, proud and terrified at the same time. And it was purely an emotional reaction, it wasn't logical. My son was responding to me from the back of the house and i heard the bass in his voice for the first time as pronounced as it was <laughs> i was both proud and terrified because i know what that base means especially from a black male that people already fear on sight and you know and so even those kind of subtle things we have to be on top of and be able to direct our sons about in particular and each other Because that's not a discussion he can have with too many other people other than really other black men, right? To him, he's just responding to me. To me, I was like, yeah, I know what that is. Hey,
6: uh, hey, Doc, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to go because I got somebody coming to grab me. Um, I'm not the tallest guy in the room, but I do lift a lot of weight. (laughs)
7: <laughs> no right. man, I'm only 5'10", bro <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry.
8: Not the size I'm of the dog but the fight in the dog
6: I'm shorter than you So, so when I whenever I speak, if I'm if my arms are moving, I'm expressing myself, everybody's like, Oh, 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 calm down. Calm down, man. What's going on? I'm seeing your muscles moving and flexing. You just talking. A little man. bit of bass and
8: flex to get you in trouble.
6: Man, uh-huh. and, that, and, that, and that thing about, you know, confidence is arrogance is a real thing, man. You're right, you're, yeah. You're, they if you call it narcissism you, nowadays. Yeah, if you say, you know, you toxic masculinity, you say a little bit of, you know, if your words got 15 <laughs> letters in it and you know what you're talking about and you sound like you educated and knowledgeable up about, about a certain thing, then you're pompous, you're, you're arrogant, you're self-absorbed, and you're all of these other things that it's cool mm-hmm. for the other guy to be, but it's not cool
5: for you. You know? Now we show off whenever we can do something It's called showing off. Right. Yeah, you get <laughs> caught up in it, and you know yeah, you show. Oh, you're showing off. Uh, you know, I the just like the office of Faulkner. Anytime you get multiple credentials and you want to show your credentials, mm-hmm. because that's how you get, you know, supposed to get paid uh, by. It's supposed to be a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Then, um, you know, then, then you're, you're considered to be uh, be shown off. But before keeping a hundred goes out. Uh, I want to uh, bring this story up about, I remember one night I was running outside in Manhattan uh, and it was the night that Sean Bell had got killed. Wow. My mother was calling me yeah, sweating bullets because yeah. I was running. I was just yeah. exercising. Yeah. And my, my phone was in her apartment.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: When
5: I got back to 97th Street, she was like, what were you doing? And I'm like, I was running. She's like, you can't run outside.
3: Mm-hmm. At night. Yeah. You yeah. can't
5: run outside at
3: night.
5: Yeah, and I was like, I haven't run outside at night since then, because it's no point, and you know it's hard to I have a twenty-seven-year-old, twenty-six-year-old son, mm. and it's hard for me to explain to him yeah. that you just can't do certain things, man. Mm. And just listen to me—that book summit is not worth it, uh, you know, because we don't. It, it's not worth having to explain to the world why your son ain't here anymore. When it comes to brothers like Faulkner, when I see black cops, I make it a point to try to talk to them, too, or wave to them or say what's up to them, because, you know, that's another perception. That's another barrier that the uh, that that both black citizens and black cops have is this this um, just another perception of things that are supposed to keep us apart. Right. So my things is when I when I don't get a wave back, I make sure to wave a second and third time.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And
5: because I because I'm like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Let's acknowledge me. I'm, I'm I'm damn near fifty years old. Right. So if I'm waving to you, this is what men do, you know. And I see white people, white cop, white citizens and white cops do it to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to make it a point to some people, so especially uh You know, brothers like Faulkner could know that. Hey, man, we we out here with you, man, and, <laughs> and I know exactly what you're talking about. But you know, like,
1: no, this is that's and and first of all, it's good to see T Fitness. I never had a chance to see you before. <laughs> so it's good to see you, brother. And he's in the gym, so it's befitting his name. But you know, I was just talking to my father about this today, and and one of the things that tripped me out is I was telling him, peep the psychology. Of growing up as a black male and having to develop the almost precognitive sense of how other people are going to interpret you in any given situation, for the sake of your own survival, you have to anticipate how other people feel and what they may do just at the sight of your presence, let alone when you say or do something. People, I mean, what does that do to you from a young age to adulthood and every day therein? You have to anticipate
4: that. I got a question to ask you guys. Get into playing and, um, chess. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love is. chess, yeah. by
4: the way. Yeah. I got
3: go a question I got, to
1: ask
4: you I, I and the other brothers on the panel. I got have I'm you ever been walking the down, the, down the street?
1: Wait, wait, we got a couple people at the same time. I can't hear who's who's talking. uh go ahead, somebody uh go
4: ahead. Um leave. here like you just said, you have to rearrange your thoughts to make yourself be safe to other people so they don't perceive you as a threat. How many times have you been walking down the street and you just walked up on a person and they jump, Oh, you scared me. And you're like, yeah. what? I mean, and it, it it happened like, or you're walking down the street yeah, I, I, and you live on the block and you yes. have white neighbors and they're looking at you and they're realizing and they're like, Oh, Hey, hi, hi, how are you doing? You look at them, you know, that look that they give you, like who are you or what's going on, or they give you that nice little like kind of that racist guilt smile, right. and it's just like you know, no I you know I live here
5: right it's in fact I've been than, living
4: here longer than you,
5: yeah, it's more than just them, unfortunately, I've taken to over the past ten years if I'm walking in a space where there's any typically any woman where it feels like I'm, there's not enough wide enough birth oftentimes mm-hmm. I will go to an opposite side Mm. Um, and 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 again talk about mental gymnastics part of it is you know hearing these conversations and that's all races my brother not just black not just white women you know all races because the popular media narrative every time you look at something in the media you used to you know there's always some brother trying to kick some lame game to every woman and just the idea of not wanting to be perceived as that dude, like I don't want you and I don't want the perception of it. So oftentimes I will just go on the other side uh, of the street, you know, because it it, it is kind of a, <laughs> again, it's anticipating something. I'm also, you know, I'm also just, uh, it's, it's an idea of chivalry. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Yeah. no need to you know okay even though you don't know me there's no need for you uh, for me to prove a point by saying I'm gonna just walk here and uh that's just me and I don't mind you know what I mean and I don't think anyone else should do what I do I just do it because I'm all you know I have that empathetic concept because everything that we've been fed mm. to this point, has painted us in such a, a, a light. And, this, and that's the power of propaganda. So right. we can't mm-hmm. pretend like it doesn't exist. And sometimes we have to operate in the world. Yeah. And still, and still to event, you know, to, you know, to no advantage for us, even knowing that this. But, that you know,
1: so one of the reasons that I wanted to do tonight's show is especially in regard to what T-Fitness just said about propaganda is that sometimes we need uh, uh, contrasting information? This is the first result. This is the result I got on the site when I went to uh, to uh, the female delusion calculator. I never, I never imagined anything like this. And here's the contradiction: whether it's from you know getting shot, you know, it, just from walking or jogging, as you said or whether it's somebody acute you know somebody who's threatened by my very presence be it in the workplace or elsewhere or with my own woman who's trying to tell me that I'm not worth anything it actually takes situations like this it takes pain pages- just for me to go oh wait a minute so despite how i'm seen in society i'm actually worth something interesting
5: Unfortunately-
7: That's that's, that's shocking. That's very shocking. It's that I've always equate this, you know, for all you comic book fans, black men always gotta be Clark Kent and rarely can you be Superman unless it's for somebody else's benefit.
0: Yeah.
7: And, And the worst part about it is that I'll be sitting there in Panera Bread or somewhere when I was working swing shift in the morning, and you'll have this little old white lady say, Um thank you for your service. I'm glad you're here. Mm. At one time I just had to ask this lady because I don't know, maybe it's the Faulkner and me, or the Aries. And I said, Man, with all due respect, would you say that if I was in my regular clothes?
3: Ah, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah.
8: And she you was be back. Nowhere or, near you. Yeah, she wouldn't be nowhere near you in your regular clothes. Absolutely. absolutely.
5: There's uh, another truth that we have to be aware of is that and I hate to be this guy, and I don't think it—it's it, it, a hundred percent. But other people, again, uh, other cultures will see us for who we are sometimes, and they will appreciate, you know, us. Um, they, you know, when they're not from here, when they're not affected by the propaganda, um, other people do, you know, look at a person who is empathetic, who is physically strong. Things they can clearly see, you know, the the conversation that all of you are able to have with people out of, you know, a lot of times out of this country, women uh, and other people perceive you a lot better than in here because this country has done an impeccable job of making you public enemy number one. This is true. It has done an impeccable job. And I think what we're doing up here for all of these years, I've been in the background listening, commenting since like 2017. Okay. Uh, I think the first time uh, I, I got one of the view, brother, uh, Tia San, is when uh, Tone had to break down that stupid article about black men of the white, men. <laughs> straight <laughs> black men of the white men of the black community. Right. Uh, which was, uh, uh and and when I started to piece together all of everything that every last one of you have been able to contribute from you know from artisan to the PhDs to the officers to the you know to the um you know to the military guys, um and, and just the regular men, you know, people hear us and they are amazed, a lot of people hear the type of things we talk about, and they're 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 amazed at what we know. Yeah, uh, they are. A lot of people see us have uh, you know have a lot of value for us, but unfortunately, the truth of the matter is, um, here even your even the people. <laughs> um, okay, let me be specific. Even the person that I have children with, mm. you know, even the person I have children with sees me as uh you know uh the same way that america taught her to see me
3: right right right
5: black woman and she can and she could play both sides of the fence too mm. wow. she could do she could do you know she could you know she could uh be up there you know giving you know hanging out with the joel olstein crowd
3: ah okay
5: and and, and and if uh if you call her out you know the britney coopers can come in and uh can come to her defense even though she despises those type of people.
0: Wow. Yeah.
5: (laughs) She can play both (laughs) sides Mm. of the fence.
4: That's the luxury that black women have. (laughs) They've been raised and trained to know how to play. and That's a part of the survival mechanism and survival training. We don't have the luxury to do that. The only luxury we have is that we know how to code switch, but they know how to do that too. Mm-hmm. The thing is they know how to code switch they know how the identity switch they know how to be cool in solidarity with their sisters they can play the church game they can play the corporate game they can play the street game they can play the victim game they can play all these games but the one game that sometimes they don't know how to play is a submissive respectful wife game <laughs> they forget like oh the instructions didn't come with me I wasn't born with them instructions. I don't know. The instruction manuals in Spanish or in Japanese, I don't know what you're talking about. That uh, my operating system don't work on that, you know. And it's but you said something, um, T Fitness, and Dennis Sperling talks about this. When other races, and especially other races of other women or black women of the diaspora, see us for who we are and see that we have potential or we flourish and we build with them Mm -hmm. that becomes a problem Mm. not for us and for them but for the lovely ladies and they say well you or you're selling out or you are trying to go over there no we're wanting something better
5: Mm. or something period let me tell you you know my brother checks a lot of boxes six three extremely intelligent You know, uh, uh, multilingual. Um, He went single for a while. He was snapped up by a Swedish woman.
3: Wow. As soon
5: as he was snapped up by, you know, a wonderful family. These are my people. As soon as he was snapped up, every time I go to a function, people come at me. Where's your brother? Where's your brother? Well, yeah. I'm like, you know, my brother lives in Sweden. I don't even play games with these women no more. Wow. What's he doing over there? You know he's been married for t- for eight years. Wow. Yeah. But y'all, because y'all never, t- asked he mm-hmm. never asked about him when he was here. Never asked about him when he was here. And he's by himself. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I got I a boy like that. that. I got a boy like that. He's, he's been married for about eight years, too. Um, and it, this is the first interracial relationship he's ever been in. He's in his 50s. Mm-hmm. He's happy. But he said he has routinely, he'll have black women that, you know, once they see him with his wife, will approach him uh, more than ever and basically say, you know, why didn't you give me a chance? Why didn't you give a... And he'd be like, I've spent years being single. Nobody cared (laughs) until they saw him out with someone else. You know what I mean? But
8: I had that experience with my Mm ex-wife a lot because... um, The one time that sticks out in my mind, because it was the funniest, because I had to tell her about that, is going into the cheap old depot, the same depot I was going to by our house all the time, and dealing with the same rude sister every time who would pay no attention to me, ignore me, didn't even want to say hello, whatever, here's your change, have a good day, kiss my ass, none of that stuff. She didn't want to say anything, right? Uh. I came in there with my wife one time. We walk it out. Now she's real cordial. Oh, how are you doing, sir? Oh, you need anything else? Whatever. And... The wife is a little, little Asian woman, right? We leaving out of this, like, you know her? I said, that's the only time this heifer has ever spoke to me. And I said, wow. trust me, she ain't doing that because it's me. She's doing that because it's you. She's trying to get at you. She ain't want nothing to do with me, trust me. So yeah. you sure? I'm like, look, it'll happen every freaking time. If I, got, I was in I, here by myself, she wouldn't even speak to me.
5: I got it. Wouldn't terrible, even give a
8: smile. I I, come I'm with you. I, I think I
5: must share this one. You guys will get a kick out of this i think it was like uh new year's eve 2011 i think i was about about that time i was down on 43rd street i was dating a um a white chick at the time went to the party and this sister was there and she was an executive at a at, uh, at nike and the jordan division so mm. she kept talking to me all night about jordans mm. and sneakers <laughs> she's talking about how the money she was making. Now, my brothers, I wear I was wearing starberries at the time. Do you understand political statement? Starberries. Mm-hmm. Step on strawberry, ten dollar sneakers. Okay. On purpose, this cause this was my this is my style. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh in terms of making a statement, political statement. I'm I'm supporting a black man. Black man said he's starting a shoe company. I'm buying the shoes and he had the right uh the right reason for, for, for starting it.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: His sister, all night, I make this much. And then she started dogging her baby's father, her daughter's father. He ain't nothing. She pulled the woman I was with to the side and tried to paint me as a Facebook guy and all of this. And the woman I was with was like, no, that's not true. It's, his son stays with us. I'm going on, I, he's a like an amazing father. And once she brought my child into it, brothers, I think I gave her, I I tore into her ass for four hours straight. And mm. I said everything that I wanted to say. I said, first of all, you, the reason why you're single is because you try to buy men with sneakers. <laughs> and when they get their sneakers and go home, you get bitter. Mm. The reason why you're single is because out of all the adults in this house, you're the only person whose uh, salary I know. That's crass. It's childish. Now, to try to paint me as a deadbeat dad, what? which is which is the, the most disgusting thing you can do to me. And my mother was there. Mm. And, and and my mother started to, to speak for me. I'm like, no, hold up. I got this. 'Cause I'm about to tear her a new asshole. Uh to try to paint me that way because you think you can get something out of me. Uh oh, so is ridiculous. And I know what you were doing. You were trying to show talk to me about Jordans all night so I could somehow be bought into your bedroom for Jordans? Ooh. For Snickers? I said, look at my feet, you damn fool. I'm wearing starberries on purpose. I don't give a damn about Jordans. Mm. And I was so pissed off that I couldn't let it go for uh, we spent the night hours and hours I got into that ass. She called the next day. She literally tried to hit on me the next day. <laughs> a sickness. A sickness.
0: Mm.
5: And it was one of the most you know, it was one of the most um eye-opening experiences in terms of like how you know when 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 they feel like they're competing on race and they don't realize you're not competing on race it's not you know most of it it's not about that it's, it's just this is who you're with at it at the time right you know i'm not, I'm not choosing someone because she's not actually i don't choose women at all if I'm single, I'm single. If I have a girl, it's because she chose me. Right. That's just how it is. I, I don't I'm not I don't have that 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 instinct, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of sisters don't you know have not chosen me. So I've, you know, I'm reluctantly not reluctantly because I'm a natural man. So you know, if it's a good looking woman, of course I'm in the gym all the time. So I'm meeting women who will fit at the gym. So okay. if we buy, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna mess with you.
1: Well, let me do this um, because I'm going to I'm going to close this out. I want to get closing thoughts uh, from each of you Um, so y'all can y'all can pick the order. But uh, give us some closing thoughts on this. We're dealing with, you know, you know, black male worth value. Um, You know, we've we've looked at the data um, and we've discussed, uh, you know, the trials that black men have. And let me just say in terms of the answer to the question for the show, why should we care? A lot of it has to do with how the world sees us and treats us. And we need to be aware of our true value in different contexts, whether it's, you know, in in a relationship context, and that's not limited to an intimate one, whether it's a a financial context, whether it's, uh, you know, whether or not we're entrepreneurs or or employees, we have to be aware at all times what our value is, because no one is going to tell us that. In fact, they're going to, if anything try to seduce us with a pair of shoes because that's our perceived value. So any closing thoughts? Um, and, and, and as you each give uh, give your thought, you can go ahead and close out because I'm going to close out from there.
4: Okay. Um, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Black men, put yourself first. Always mm-hmm. put yourself first. Um, we've been brainwashed and we've been hoodwinked and led astray to put everybody else Before us, this is a time now where we're learning to put ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you let all your dreams, your aspirations and goals be for you Mm -hmm. first? This is the first time in in our lives where we have clarity and we have the desire and we have all the stats and the information that says that we're not what the world says we are. We are the captors of our own soul, and we're the ones that control our own destiny. We, there is no real glass ceiling. There's going to be racism. There's going to be trials and tribulations. Understand that. But if we believe that there's this glass ceiling, somebody's holding us back, we're always going to be stuck into that phrase of being man not. So right. put yourself first. Appreciate that, brother. Thank you.
1: All right, who's up? Closing thoughts.
5: I would say go. Go ahead, T. No, go ahead. Go ahead.
7: I'll go after
5: you. I would say that, you know, I'm a father of three. I want my daughter, my two sons to uh, to know the value of the uh, uh, of black men because they are of, of me. My my, I'm I'm blessed now that my 26 year old has a black woman who adores him, uh, and I want him to understand that how rare that is and how beautiful that is and how to cultivate that. I want my daughter to look at, you know, this woman adoring her older brother like that. I want my 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 middle boy to see, you know the you know how valued and loved that you can be. And to accept nothing less for it. And I wanna, you know, and for me, it's about being having to value myself, value my hustle and my experience, because mm-hmm. it's about survival. That's it. My money depends on 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 knowing on, 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 and, and being valued.
1: Real talk. Real talk. Much appreciated, brothers. Finally um, good to meet you and, and see you. Peace. All right, man, you take it easy.
5: All right, now.
0: All right. Uh,
5: I'll, up.
7: I'll, I'll say this. Black men, be proud to be great. Be proud to be intelligent. Be proud to be strong. Be proud to be confident. Never be afraid to style and profile. <laughs> Your value is incalculable numerically. Mm. We are the greatest and the latest. Woo! Oh, and I'm out.
1: <laughs> appreciate that, man. Thanks for coming through.
8: All right. Who's up? Closing thoughts? Um, I'm going to go. Closing thought is if it's about black men and knowing your worth, I'd say at least for me, my experience has worked for me and mm-hmm. knowing your worth is I found my worth in knowing what I am good at and challenging myself to where people didn't think I could go. They didn't think I could go back to school when I was older. I did it. Mm. I became a young father and I raised two good kids, both of which have graduated through college and everybody loved those kids. Those are my damn children. That is my worth. My comic shop was going to close down. I didn't want it to happen. So I stepped up to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Now I got that done too. All of these things have been in spite of people and the closest people to me, family and friends telling me what I couldn't do. I stopped listening to them. I know my worth because I've accomplished the things that I've set forth to do. Journeyman Carpenter, college, everything else, anything I put my mind to, I'm getting done. And right. for me, that, that shows my worth. If they don't want to see it, I know it. So I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. I proved it to myself. They can, they can get the cliff notes. That's right. So, you want to tell people how to find your shop? Oh yes. You can find uh Stand up comics online on Facebook. We do have a website stand stand up comics uh dot net. And soon we'll have a new email address. I'm be doing a grand reopening under new management. And you can come in and order your comics and check me out on my channel, Artisan MC, and check out the shop talk live this Sunday. I'll be in the shop and we'll run it from there.
0: That's That's it. What's up.
8: That's I'm what's terrible up. about self-advertising. You know that shit. <laughs> I'm That's a humble right. man. I'm not a bragger. That's
1: why we gotta help. That's why we gotta help each other. All right, man.
8: Thanks for dropping stuff.
1: My right, peace
0: Hey, hey. No, tell
6: them what what's going on? So what's I'm, up,
0: man? To yeah, so I'm,
6: gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna say this. As far as I, I, I am I coming through clear? Yeah, you clear. you clear. You clear? You know, um, as 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 far as I'm concerned, man, um, I think that it's just important for us to. You know, withdraw ourselves from situations that ain't worth our time, um, and only insert ourselves in situations that are, um, and deal with people that you know respect what we bring, and, and 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 don't deal with people who don't. And you know, that's pretty much it.
2: All right. Try to keep short and
6: sweet, man. Because, you know. <laughs> yeah, cause uh, yeah. You know, that's 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 just that's, 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 that's just plain, that's just plain and simple what it is, man. I think that um a lot of times we just get involved with things um that are not worth our time and worth our energy and uh we sacrifice a lot to prove this, that, the other,
1: yeah.
6: and it's not worth it.
1: Amen. Much appreciation. Thanks for dropping that wisdom. We'll talk soon, brother.
6: All right, no doubt. I'll have
1: Amen. you. Peace. Peace. Um Shout out to Attorney Sperling. Good to see you in here, sir. Uh, appreciate the word, Queen Khalilah. And uh, good looking out from, from everybody that was able to participate, everybody that's listening. Uh, shout out to all of y'all. Thank you uh, for supporting the Onyx Report. I will see you guys soon. So Y'all make sure you keep it light. Um, and definitely give your comments uh, in the comment section of the video. Let me know what you think. Let me know more about what you discovered in regard to your worth, however you define that. And again, peace. i to you all soon. I am here to tell you, brothers, we are not criminals by birth, perennial rapists, incapable intellects, man, children, sperm donors, child support, wellsprings, success objects, walking phalluses, ATM machines, lottery tickets, unintelligent henchmen, valueless assassins, pro bono mercenaries, unpaid bodyguards, interchangeable stepfathers, child discipline proxies, unpaid repairmen, workhorses, emotional tampons, or any other socially accepted dehumanizing stereotype. We are thinkers, inventors, innovators, leaders, fathers, and men. Embrace your humanity, know your worth, and extend your time, attention, and resources only to those who genuinely respect you and remember. Your worth is not defined by meeting other people's narcissistic and selfish and unrealistic needs. You define your worth. Peace.